Welcome to In the Dark, everybody. I have Robin Haynes McRae back with me tonight. I am so excited to have her on. Robin just got done getting over with um, a really bad bout of COVID. And I'm just thankful she's still with us. So I'm just so happy she's here. (laughs) Like, I can't even express it. We have, we start the podcast out with... um, probably about 15 minutes or so talking about what she went through with COVID. So if you don't want to listen to that and you just kind of want to skip ahead to the cryptid talk, you may do so, but um, I think it's all important to hear. We talk about so much stuff in this episode. I mean, everything under the sun, basically, it's just crazy. It's the government, pixies, Otterman, Bigfoot, Dogmen, ETs, covid I mean, snakes, you name it, it's, it's in here. So just sit back and enjoy the show. Get some, you know, hot tea or nice hot cup of coffee or something good to drink and eat, snack on, whatever, and enjoy it. And I will warn you, there is a ton, a lot of glitching going on here. Um, I say this again down the road when I have to do some editing here, but um, we had some really strange voices pop into the episode, um, sounded like little tiny people like munchkins or little aliens talking about music and different things. It didn't make any sense why it was even in the podcast or how it even got there. Uh, some dropped calls. We had probably 40 minutes of Robin having some echo when she, when she would talk, it was just this echo. So I had to just cut that whole section out. That would, that was basically, just us talking about snakes and um, actually hunting and some stuff like that. It wasn't anything that was too crazy, but I do kind of go over it with you. Um, when it does glitch out, I have a little section in here that explains what we, what you, you know, what was missed, what I, what I cut out. So um, it was just a really strange podcast to, to say the least, but you know, our theory is that, you know, whatever the higher, powers that at be here don't want us really talking about stuff. And a lot of people that run these kind of channels and podcasts have a lot of problems. There's a lot of stuff that goes on, you know, people that get, they, they get unfollowed. Um, they don't, you know, they like, I know, uh, some podcasters on YouTube that, uh, their subscribers get dropped uh, a lot of, you know, just erased, completely erased episodes, dropped calls, you know, echoes, weird voices. It's just, it's a continuous battle. So bear with me. If there's anything that you don't understand or that sounds a little off to you, it's because it was a part that, you know, was, was real glitchy and I had to edit it out or it just edited itself out. I mean, it it just glitched. So bear with me with this stuff. It, 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 it's a work in progress always on with the show. You guys enjoy. Hey you. Hi. How are you doing? I'm was jogging in place while waiting for you. <laughs> Talking to the dark forces telling them they're not going to beat me through this health crisis I'm in. And I'm <laughs> not to begin the podcast in the most hilarious awful way, but have you ever had beets turn your pee red? No, but I've heard people that have had that happen. <laughs> so, 
very often. I know, I know. This is Miss Anti-Vegetable here. I went to the store the other day and bought this bunch of beets because I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm reading up on all this stuff that's supposed to make beets or make your body feel better. And I'm like, okay, beets are supposed to be excellent for your body. So I get this bunch and it's like five times bigger than it's supposed to be. And I'm like, well, this is cool because it's only like $3 and some odd cents and there's these huge beets, you know? And the person in the checkout was like, "What are these?" And I'm like, "They're beets." And like they're huge. like it's like it's like I pulled something out of like you know, like I don't know, like what's that rabbit? Um, uh, what's Mr. McGregor's like uh, garden? And I had these oh, huge yeah. beets. So I come home, I cook them, barely cook them. And then it, it turns the water, a little bit of water in there to steam it, just pure red. So I'm like drinking the juice. And I'm, eating the I'm like, I'm like determined to make sure that, you know, I get healthy. So like, I, on. like two hours later and like for two days now, like everything is bright red. And oh, I'm my like, god. oh my God. Like, oh my God. That would be awful. I no. didn't know what the hell's causing this? Like, 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 I'm like, oh my God, like everything is like purple and red. And I'm like sitting there looking, I'm going, oh my God, it's the beets. And then I, I went online and looked it up. How many beets did you eat for God's sake? (laughs) It was one big beet that I chopped up. I split it one day and the next morning I I woke up and I ate the rest of it, you know, because I am like driven to get super healthy right now. So I am willing to eat beets, you know? Oh my God, that's awful. Yeah, no, I would have to, I would have to die because it's like, I don't, I told you before, like I eat raw cucumbers, celery, cauliflower, carrots, the lettuces. At least you eat cauliflower, thank God. As long as it's raw, as long as it's raw, you cook it. I won't even be around it. Well, it's better if it's raw anyway. Well, like I make all the vegetables and stuff for Pat. I have no problem making them for everybody. Mm -hmm. I just nibbling on there lady yeah yeah no no and you don't even you don't even want to know my thoughts on a p okay p is poo that's why it's like, letter p they i take, like i like peas. yeah they are mushy when you I, cook them it is like eating poo like i have never eaten poo but if i did that's yeah, what i imagine it would it, be. and what reference point are you using there <laughs> there there isn't a reference point <laughs> I think you need to be staying away from Pat there a little bit. <laughs> it's bad. Oh God, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry, everybody. I know. I'm- it's terrible. Now, like Pat, Pat weeks you know, somebody's sick. Well, Pat has type two diabetes, so he's supposed to eat all these veggies. And you know what? The happiest day of his life is when they put him on this diabetes diet. Like it's everything he likes. That's <laughs> there's That's no funny. more. Yeah, there's no more excuses as to why I don't feed him. <laughs> Well, I want to. I want the details on that diet because I just I heard that diabetes diets are really healthy to go on. So it I'd is. Like it's it's low it carbs. Out. You don't cut out carbs. Number one, your body has to have a very small amount of carbs. So okay. it's okay to have a low amount of carbs, not a lot, because carbs breaks down and gradually turns to sugar products. So know, you have to have a, a. But if you take and just re, here's the thing with the diabetes diet. And even if you're not don't have diabetes and you do it, if you go and you just take out everything, like mm-hmm. ASAP and one lump sum, you really can do damage. And you have to have a oh. small amount of carbs. And so it's low carb, not no carb, but low carb, no sugar. And you know, yeah, you have sugar in your tea. 
and you want yeah, and you want to bring up your protein. And, you know, of course they, he likes like the fishes and stuff like that. Yeah. Not this yeah. girl. This is not the girl that's going to want that, I know. but he loves it. You know, and he loves every vegetable. There's only like one or two, I think, that he'll tolerate. He's not in love with, but he'll eat them. Mm-hmm. So it's just, he's happy as a clam. No, he can't have any sugar in his coffee or tea. No, but he gets like um, the creamer. He gets the no sugar creamer. He yeah. uses Splenda, which is a different kind of sugar. And you can't have large quantities of it. But if you're going to have sugar, you can have that. So I he'll use any sugar at all. Like, I'm going to just, I'm just going to put this out there. If a person were to take the sugar out of my diet, I would cease to exist. I know. If I eat healthy food, I, my body goes into shock. I get so uh, unbelievably sick. It's not even funny. You I can make a, no, you know what it is? Make, this is what, if I use this for dinner, a cookie, a candy bar and a handful of chips, I'm mm-hmm. great. I feel like a million bucks. Give me something healthy and I feel sluggish and crappy and icky. Well, I have to have sugar to some degree. Well, I do too because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't feeling well. And I was at the doctor's office and I was like, you know, I had cut back on it because he had cut back on it. So I was trying to do, you know, be supportive. And granted, I'm not eating what he's eating, but, you know, I cut back on the sugars I was buying and everything. And I went to the doctor's office and I told her, I said, I just feel awful. Like, I feel like I'm going to pass out at any given moment. Like I'm really going to face plant into the ground. Like, seriously, that's how crappy I feel. And she says, well, you know, let me take your blood pressure. So she checks my blood pressure and she says, well, your blood pressure, I have low blood pressure anyway. And she's like, your blood pressure is terrible. And she said, let me, they check my sugar Mine is always too low. So then she checked my sugar level, which was too low. And she says, you need to start carrying around a candy bar wow. and a bag of ch- little bag of chips in your purse because mm-hmm. you're bottoming out. So I'm the one, Pat was never yeah. the one that, that really ate a lot of high sugars and salt. God, and I am. And so he has diabetes and I'm the one that the doctor says, Hey, I want you to put a candy bar and chips yeah. in your purse. You know? oh, so I, I looked at together. I looked at her and I said, and you, that's the reason why I love you as my doctor. <laughs> you support my bad habits. Excuse to eat those Snickers bars and stuff. Oh, my God. Oh, and, and right now, anybody were to try to take away my, my uh, cinnamon Pop-Tarts, and it's going to be a fight to the death. I'm just telling you. <laughs> what do you taste my almond tart? I, I'm sorry, everybody. I know that we're not talking about dog bed a Bigfoot right now, but oh my it's God. been so long since we've talked. It's been like... I know. Robin got well, so sick with COVID. I hope I, you don't mind me putting that out no, there. No, you're fine. For everybody yeah. listening, when they tell you the ivermectin horse warmer works, they are not lying. Okay. Yeah. I started taking ivermectin horse warmer, horse, horse warmer seven years ago because I've always had so many animals. And a vet said to me, or to my friend, and she referred it to me, you need to take it once every couple months just because. Even people that don't have animals, there's no way for you not to get parasites. There's just no way. So I started taking it and I actually felt better after I took it. So I had it on hand and then COVID hit and a very dear friend of mine with a medical background called me and said, you need to be on this ivermectin horse warmer as it kills COVID, but it also works as a preventative. So I was taking it once every two weeks as I was advised. And then another friend of mine who works with 
the uh, Native American group in Arizona mm-hmm. contacted me and said, listen, go get ivermectin horse warmer. It's the only way it's going to protect you from the um, COVID. And I have like, my immune system is like basically zero. So I was like, okay, I'm already on it. And he's like, oh, thank God. So I took it every two weeks and for everybody listening on the plunger, it um, has the poundage for horses. And I had it confirmed with my doctor that it's very comparable to ours. And so I, I had it and I was already taking it every two weeks, went into my doctor's office for something just to get prescriptions filled. And I said, before you turn around and look at me and start pushing this shot, I know what's in the shot and there's no way in God's green acres I'm taking the shot. Yep. And yep. she said, number one, if you have underlying health conditions, which you have, that shot will be lethal and it will eventually be what kills you because it will do damages in other areas that won't make it look like COVID, yeah. but you'll get sick. And I said, well, that's already what it's designed to do. But mm-hmm. I said, well, I've never lied to you. I'm not going to lie to you now. I take the ivermectin horse warmer that I can get at tractor supply for like $4, which now they want nine for. Mm-hmm. And she said, and I'm going to tell you, don't go off it. Like right. you really, she said, it is the exact same thing as the human prescription for ivermectin. There's no difference other than it's in a paste or which is actually a gel and it's not a pill. I said, okay, cool. So I was taking it and I came in contact with people that had COVID on a regular basis and I never got it. Well, they, they ran out of it. We couldn't get any more of it. And I had been off of it for two months when I got COVID and I'm in week 11 now and I still have got post symptoms and, you know, dealing with that and the weakness and everything where it takes very little to wipe me out. But I mean, I had the long, the severe long-term COVID. She literally it's just, died from it. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad. I mean, I had, there was three or four days. I didn't know who I was, where I was, what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, I had little tiny blood clots in my legs and yeah, it's just was not good. It was, I've never, I wouldn't wish that on somebody I hated, no. you know, so, no. and I still say, yeah, that's what you had, but yeah, I, you, I still, I, I don't know. Be, I couldn't get you tested. I tried. The only I will not, I, got, I will not reason. take Medicaid. Robin kept trying to get me to take ivermectin and even my dad did too. And I will not take anything unless I have to. And my dad finally brought ivermectin up to me one day and was like forcing me to take it did but you take it i ha- i have it in my house oh for god's sake it doesn't I, work I, that way you have I to can't, i'm not gonna say either way oh my god <laughs> but i will say i i have you know ivermectin in the house in case something were to get really bad then well, I would, let me tell you, once we it. get to Michigan, I'm going to be hiding it in the food because that's going to mm-hmm. be the only way. I know. And, and I'll be fine with that. At least I won't have any parasites. And as long as I don't know about it, it won't hurt me. You know, but, and you know what? Pat takes it for um, flu. Mm-hmm. He takes it. Mm-hmm. It's tremendous for the flu because as we all know, the flu oh. is a, a bug, which yeah. is a parasite. And so work just as well that's amazing so yeah, yeah she's it's really drastic. she has problems when she gets sick she gets really sick but i just yeah. i i just um i have a really hard see i have so many allergies and the thing that i'm afraid of 
I'm not a candidate for the um, coronavirus shot. So even if I wanted to take it, I couldn't because I have an extreme allergy condition that is almost basically like a mast cell disorder. It's, it's really, really uncommon. It's rare and it's bad. And the doctor, my allergists are like, they've never seen anything like this in my area. So I'm not even a candidate for the shot. So for people that say, oh, anybody can take it, that is absolutely not. No, what the it's not. Does. And if you have, especially if you have an autoimmune disease. Yeah, I have three. You are so. such, yeah. yeah. And I have one. So um, you are at such a high risk. Yeah. And then with the other health issues I have, yay, being around the Bigfoots all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another thing that needs to be put out. Uh when they don't do it on purpose and they don't even know they're doing it when you are around the cryptids when you are around the ets and we'll talk that later but when you are around these things they have a higher vibrational and a higher energy and it's a different energy mm-hmm. we call it infrasound it's technically not infrasound but that's the term that we've labeled it and it radiates from them it's not that they're doing it on purpose any more than we hit radiate the energy that our bodies are made up of it just is. And they get that from the ET side of them. And unfortunately, it doesn't sit well with our three-dimensional bodies. Yeah. And our lower frequency bodies. And so you tend to notice a lot of people in this field of research and a lot of people that deal with the ETs end up with brain tumors and all these health issues. Now, my health issues, I don't necessarily know that that's what it's from. Um, mine are supposed to be genetic, but yet I'm the only one in the family that's ever had it. So, um, you know, it's supposed to be a genetic issue more than an environmental issue, but yeah, FYI, you know, it it is there. Now, if you are, have ongoing contact with a group, if you ask them to pull their energy back, a lot of them will do that for you because I have them do that with me a lot. Like when I'm doing healing work on them, when I'm doing various things on them, because it's actually just like a shield. And so when I go to do healing work on them, it's harder to get through that to do what I need, I need to do for them. But if Mm -hmm. I'm going to have a lot of close contact with them, I'm like, guys, listen, like, whoa, back it down. You know, it's like, if you're going to get really close to radiation, you know, you need it pulled back. Yeah. 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 That's, I know that is something you always notice with people that have any kind of encounters with ETs is, is that radiation they always find you know? So I, I just, yeah. um, but they do, they, they radiate a certain energy. All of these things do, and it really does cause that issue. So you've got to be careful. I just, I just want to, you know, I try not to get into the COVID. I, I don't like to give advice about it because I don't want to be yeah. one of those people. That's I don't either. Complete. I think people have to, I have friends that got shots. I've got family yeah. that took the shots. I don't think badly of anybody or more impressed by them because they did or they didn't. I think it's a personal choice. Um, I have my personal beliefs about it and that works for me, works for my family, works for my children. I do have a son that is in Canada where it's mandatory. So, you know, they got it again. That's fine. He's comfortable with it. So God bless, you know, I mean, I, I don't discriminate so to speak. Yeah, I, I feel like if if you say one thing or the other, you could end up with COVID as a lesson to kind of yeah. show that you might be wrong. So if you take the shot, you could end up, 
you know, if you're, I, I basically feel that if you, if you start judging others for something they do or don't it's do, gonna like happen that, to you. that it's going to happen to you and that you're bringing something bad to yourself. So I just try right. to go with what I feel God has told me to do for myself. And I don't know, I can't, you know, I don't know. I'm not an expert on this stuff and I don't even oh, think me neither. Not by a long know. shot. Yeah. I don't think the experts even completely know. So it's like, you know, the people with the shots are still getting it. Um, Some Uh say they get a lesser. I know somebody that passed away from it and they were fully vaccinated. I do too. I do too. I I know somebody that died from the shot actually. Yeah. And I just think that at the end of the day, because the severity of this thing and it's nothing to joke about. I mean, this is deadly. Like I said, you know, been there. There's only a reason I know there's only a couple of reasons why I'm alive right now. And it, it wasn't because of our medical professionals. Like my doctor, the hospital told her, excuse me, or told me that they contacted her. And I later found out they never contacted her. Um, Um, Yeah. But I just think at the end of the day, the best that we can do is try to protect ourselves in any way that we feel is the best way for yourself or your family and I think that's a beautiful thing. It doesn't matter if it means to vaccinate. doesn't matter if it means not to vaccinate. I have a friend that's been vaccinated. She also takes the ivermectin, mm-hmm. um, no side effects. And she wasn't going to get the shot. And I said, listen, it's, do, it's set up to cause problems within your body within six to nine months after you take it. Mm-hmm. She was terrified because when she went to get her prescriptions, the pharmacist said, well, you're going to die if you don't get the shot. And she panicked and got the shot. First, first three days, she couldn't walk. And then she was better. She didn't learn the first time she went and had it again. And, but again, they had her scared and I respect her choice to do it. Right. You know, she was trying to save herself and I don't blame her for that at all. If I was in that, if I was in that mindset, I would absolutely do it. And I support her for doing that because that's what she felt was the best interest for her. Right. Um, But then six months to the day, um, I took her into the hospital and she almost died from pancreatitis, which is one of the things that it destroys. Oh my God. You know, so you just, you don't know. And I guess the bottom line is that everybody reacts to this shot if they get it in a different manner. So it's not a bad thing. If you have the shot, it's not a good thing if you don't, or it's not a bad thing if you don't get the shot. The yeah. best we can do in this crisis is what we think is best for ourselves and our family. You know, I know then, you can die either pray. way, you know, yeah, so and, it's kind of like, and we pray. The yeah. problem is the H protein level that's in the shot. If anybody's curious as to why it's so dangerous, that protein is excessive and it's to the point where it causes problems in other areas of our system. But again, every individual is different on what their body will take and what it won't. That's why I think it's yeah. very random where some people have problems and other people's don't. You don't know what your body's willing to take. And I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, it's funny you said protein because I, I didn't know that that was the problem, but that's what yeah. is in allergens. Like people are actually allergic to mm-hmm. proteins. So that must be why they don't yeah. want you know people with severe allergy conditions to take it. Yeah, and they don't give you any guidance for post-COVID. Yeah. Like the hospital told me nothing. What they told me was, you're not bad enough to be on a ventilator. We have no beds. Go home. <clears throat> Excuse me. Basically, I was sent home to die. And I, I would have no. not gone to the hospital at all, except that I had gotten, I collapsed on January 5th. 
And I had spent two weeks prior to that with the worst fatigue that I've ever had in my life. And I do have chronic fatigue sy syndrome. So this was even worse. Like I, I, the fact of going from my bed into the kitchen was overwhelming to me, almost to the point of a panic attack. And they don't tell you that yeah. you can have panic attacks with COVID, which I've never had panic attacks before, but with COVID big time had them. And I deal with a lot of pain on a physical pain on a daily basis anyway. And this level of pain was unheard of. Like I literally laid in bed and screamed at the top of my lungs because the pain was so severe that I couldn't get away from. And I, I was like that. that. <laughs> I yeah. was, I was the one talking to her, checking up on her and she was just, yeah. it was awful. Yeah. It was awful. The stuff two you were weeks, Yeah. Two weeks into it, you know, my husband kept saying, you've got to go into the hospital. I said, CDC guidelines state that if I go in, they're going to check me for COVID. And as soon as they run that test, you are out of work. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter what my test comes back. You have to isolate because you live with me. And finally he called in sick to work without telling me and came in because I had moved him. At, I was so sick. I moved him out of the bedroom. I'm like, you don't come in unless you absolutely have to, because I have an ensuite bathroom, but mm -hmm. I couldn't get in there by myself. So he was coming and helping me. And I was like, I'm not going. And he finally came in and he says, come on, you're going to the hospital. And I said, no, I'm not. You know why? And he said, I'm not going to watch you die in this bed. And that's exactly what's going to happen. So he took me in 12 and a half hours. I got stuck at the hospital um, because they had turned the emergency room into another floor of rooms for ventilator patients. And they only had two rooms that they were using for emergency room patients. So 12 and a half hours later, the doctor wouldn't touch me to examine me. Um, they had done the swab test that came back positive. And when he came in to talk to me, he stayed on the other side of the room, never listened to my lungs, never listened to my chest, never touched me at all for an, for an exam. The nurses had come in because I insisted I needed a bag of fluids because I'd been 10 days without eating anything. And I had, and for everybody that says you can't live that long without food, yes, you can, as long as you have fluids. And yeah. so I was living on ice water and ice chips and I knew I was dehydrated and I said, I've got to get a bag of fluids. Well, you know, and so that was the only reason the one nurse had went and got permission from the doctor to run a pick line to get me fluids. And that was the only person that ever touched me. And they never did do a chest x-ray on me of any kind. Robin, and, that's crazy. Yeah, it is. And then they tried to tell me that my blood, well, my blood test, you know, one of the problems with COVID is your blood gets thick and it causes blood clots. Mine had already thickened to the point that it took them three rounds of blood tests to be able to test me, test my blood because it was so thick. It had, it would just, they couldn't test it. So then he came back and he says, well, you have pancreatitis, which is what my friend got because of, of the shot. And I yeah. said, no, I don't. And he's like, yes, you do. And I said, no, I don't. I've never had a problem with my pancreas. I said, you're wrong. So he says, well, we're going to do an MRI scan because if you do have pancreatitis, I have to keep you. And I said, well, I'm telling you, I don't. And he said, well, your test came back that you do. And I said, well, the test is full of crap because I don't. So they sent me up to get an MRI CAT scan and they got ready to inject me with dye. And I said, what are you doing? And she said, well, we've got to do the dye for the test. And I said, well, then are you going to pick out my burial plot? Because as soon as you give me the dye, my heart's, my heart screws up every time. Like I can't catch my yeah. breath and it yeah. races. And she's like, why isn't it in your file? I said, you tell me, I've been coming to this hospital for five years. So she went and got the doctor and came back and said, no die. And I said, all right. So they tested it and the doctor came back in and he said, you're a hundred percent right. You don't have pancreatitis. I said, no crap. I do medical scans on people. I know I don't have yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. That's how I knew what was wrong with my friend. 
she oh. had hurt, she had hurt her back and she was resting from her back. And I said to her one day, I said, you know, your abdomen looks bloated. And she said, no, no, I, I just, just because I'm sitting down. And so I did this, you know, like I do all the, the crazy weird stuff I do. And I'm like, no, we got a big problem. You have got an internal problem. It's, you know, if I don't, I looked her square in the eye. I said, if I don't get you to the hospital right now, you're going to die. I know you're going to die. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to scare you, but I'm trying to emphasize to you how dramatic this is. She said, I'm going. So I took her in and they said, if she would have waited until the next day, she would have been dead. Oh, so I had already checked. I already knew I didn't have it. Right. I mean, I don't have any medical you know, skills. I'm, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse or anything like that, but I know I wouldn't. And so they're like, well, we'll have to do an MRI. I don't care. Do an MRI. Mm-hmm. If it makes you feel better and gives you peace, then you do yeah, really. Yeah. And so they sent, they basically, they sent me home. I said, are you giving me anything for this? No. I said, can I at least get something for pain? So, and nausea. So they gave me not anti-nausea medicine and they gave me uh, 12 pain pills. That was it. That was the whole entire, that's all they did for me. And they sent me home. And two weeks later, I had improved. Well, right after that, um, Pat had let a, uh, another friend of mine know about it. She said, my God, I've got boxes of ivermectin here. So she mailed it to me. And I took the ivermectin and I started perking up. But I was still really weak. So I, I my doctor is just the most wonderful person. And mm-hmm. she, you can text message her at any time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So I sent her a text message and I'm like, Hey doc, it's Robin. This is what's going on. I know you knew I had COVID, but I, they haven't, you know, they didn't give me anything. And I, I just not really kicking this. And she was floored because she didn't even know I had it. And she said, well, I'm going to do this medicine cocktail I do for my COVID patients. And that did me more good. It, it's basically steroids, an antibiotic and a special cough medicine. And you take it all at the same time and right. you do it for like 10 days. And that gave me more relief than anything other than the ivermectin. But the exhaustion is still here. And now I've got a problem with my arms that where the, the pain in my arm is just beyond belief. It's in both arms. That's what I'm and, going to do. That's yep. Thing. Yeah. And um, I did talk to somebody that said that that is not uncommon in post-COVID patients. And God knows true? I've lost more. Yeah. I've lost so much hair. You could make a wig. So then you might've been right. I might've had COVID because I'm having, I, I messaged Robin the one day and I said, my arms are killing me. And I mean, yep. I'm talking muscle pain that you would not. Exactly. I, I lay on the massager for hours, every single night, trying to work through every, you can't even touch the muscle. It wants to no, send you to the I can't. Room. I can't and, lift up my blanket on the bed. Yeah. And I called, I messaged her and she said, Oh my God, my arms are killing me too. And I was like, yeah, oh God. I was like, what well, the heck? I have that? one of those stainless steel cups, you know, and it has the lid on it, the bigger one. And I have a smaller one that just looks like a tumbler. That's the same stainless steel. So it keeps it cold. Yeah. And a, a friend of mine had one of my pictures of, of the Bigfoots yeah. that I took. Um, it, one of my favorite ones and the other one's yelling, no, it's me. No. Um, what? One of the one out of the four of my favorite ones. Let me clarify that so I don't get into trouble later. And he's on the glass. She had it put on this tumbler. And mm-hmm. I'm using that now because I can't lift the other one. I, I just simply I can't do it. I'm the same boat. Like I'm I you go to lift something and it, it makes you the pain shoots through your mouth. Like it, it's like the stabby pain that goes oh, yeah. through your forearm. You can't and then- 
Yep. And I, I can't lay on my back all the time because I have discs that are crushed and bulging. And now I can't lay on either side because of my arms. I feel like a flipping mm-hmm. seal here flopping around, you know, with the <laughs> Robin, I'm telling you what helps me with it is the massage. You have to get a handheld massager and lay it. Even if it kills you, you have to work through that horrible, horrible pain, lay it on the muscle anyway. And just lay it there for like, and then you just lay it there for like a few minutes, then move it around a little bit and then just lay it there for a few minutes and then just, and just continuously rub every single muscle that hurts. And I'm talking, this takes hours every night. And then if you do it, if you do it for about five days, the pain starts really letting up. But then if you stop for a couple of days, it comes, starts to come back. So you yeah. literally have to have the, you need the massager almost every night. Oh my God. I can't even handle like Pat has offered repeatedly to massage it for me. Or I whatever. know it I'm hurts. Like, and I'm like, I, I love you. But if you touch my arms in any way, shape or form, as much as I love you, I will take you out. Like, <laughs> I know, I, I know. And this I massa- you should be interested. Like I'll, I'll lay the massager on my muscle. I'm like, Oh my, I'll like start screaming. <laughs> and he's like, mom, why are you? I said, I have to do this because it's the only thing that'll get the muscle to kind of like, I don't know if it yeah. releases something or if it, you know, it just, it just does something, but Oh my God, the pain is just unbelievable. But it like, if I just keep working through it every day, it kind of starts to let up a little bit, you know, but now I'm itching all over my body from head to toe. I've got this prickly itchy sensation all over from my allergies. And I'm just like, I can't win. I just can't win. Yeah. It's, you know? it's a pain. It is. Well, so, back to our little friends. I want to ask you real quick before you start anything. I was having a thought yesterday and I thought to myself that you remember that I left you a message about like us being careful and stuff like that because you just never really know like you know things some things that I just felt from God but I just had this feeling that were these things created to be evil and some of them rebelled and became good they weren't, I don't think they were ever created. I really don't in my, in my heart. I don't believe they're ever created to be evil. I think from what I was told, and it's funny that you asked that because years ago, and I'm saying back in like the early 2011 to maybe 2013. So mm-hmm. we're quite a while ago. I asked Brownie, I said, you know, and I know that's a cheesy name. I'm not the one that named him that. Um, Brownie and Blackie were named because they happened to show up in the yard one day and a friend of mine saw them and said, Oh, look at that one's brown, that one's black. That's what I'm calling them, and it just stuck. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that's a not their that's all right. Yeah, they're not their tribal names, but they're cheesy <laughs> nicknames. I, I would prefer better for them. Um, and so and Brownie, I call him Brownie the Clowny because he has a wicked sense of humor. Where, <laughs> you know, Blackie is much more, you know, he's got to keep everybody in line type thing. Um, but anyway, I said to Brownie, I said, I'm really curious is why were you put here? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, they were put down here to study and observe humans and then report back until they found out that when they were going to report back, it was not really, it wasn't for really the greater good. It wasn't for evil, but it wasn't for the greater good either. And they do have humanity in them because they are part human. And so they right. rebelled on that. 
And they didn't do that. And that's why the certain group of ETs that created them um, are actively trying to hunt them and kill them. And they actually try to take them back. Are the ETs that created them bad? I don't necessarily think that they believe that they're bad. I think that they, I don't get the feel that they were created by the bad ones. I don't, I think that they were created by ones that are neutral, Mm -hmm. but they had a specific job that they were wanting them to do and they just didn't fulfill that. As far as the bad ones, you know, we really have to realize that whether it fits in our box or not, these are a type of human. They're not our type of human, but they are a type of human right. and type of people. And we have good, we have bad. And quite honestly, the cosmic balance is you have to have good and bad. You can't have all good. You can't have all bad. You have to have that balance. How do you appreciate good if you don't know what the bad is? You know, the cosmic balance and everything. Like there's some horrible ET groups. Uh, There's some really good ones. I had one that was here before Christmas that tried to attack my daughter. But the thing of it is, is, you know, I've also had some really good ones that I've not had issues with. They're just like living that, doing their thing. Um, I've done healing work on some that were good. Um, I've been contacted multiple times by some that are good. Mm -hmm. One that wants me to warn people of how the bad ones take possession of them. But, you know, Uh then again, you've got to find a platform for that and you've got to find people that are willing to listen. And I just, I've had Mm -hmm. this information for a year now and just still not really sure what platform to put it on because I, yeah, we could do it on yours, but I mean, really, how are people going to protect themselves from it? I'm not sure, but they do need to be made aware of it, I guess is the best way to put it. But at the same time, you know, there is good and bad in everything. We have some Bigfoots that are really, really lethal. But then we also have some that are just kind of neutral. They would just assume be left alone. And then we have the majority of, I will say this, a large portion of them are good. Yeah. You know, I I think we're looking at probably a 70-30 split. I get that feeling from the stories and the encounters that they're yeah. are good or, or and, they're peaceful. Yeah. You know, they're not it, as... yeah. And out of that 30, you've got 15% that don't care either way. They just simply want to be left alone away from us. And I would say better 20% that. And then you've got the 10% that would just as soon rip your head off before they would even look at you. And they're the reason that everybody wants to hunt and kill them all because the, right. 10% are so lethal and so dangerous they and are. so scary but that then it scares I, the hell out of everybody to the point where they just want to destroy all of them. They you do. Know? And the other thing, though, I always tell everybody is go to some of these areas in your state that are really a rough neighborhood. Would you walk through there? No. But are right. you out there with the machine gun taking them all out? No. Yeah. Yeah, but it's unknown, Robin. You know how everybody is with things that's unknown, you know? If they can't understand it, they want it dead. They don't care if it's good, bad, or indifferent. The military wants them dead because then they're going to let out their little secrets, you know, if people realize that they're alive. And and then it goes back to the lineage, and it goes back to the ETs, and then it goes back from there to... And this is only a, a few examples of why it's not all of them. I don't know all of them, but... You know, back even as early as the 40s or before the 40s, you know, there's a a treaty signed with them 
And they made, unfortunately, our government made a treaty with the bad ones and they didn't realize it was the bad ones. Or maybe they did. I don't know. They were so hot for technology. I don't know. But um, in that treaty, one of the clauses in it was they can never reveal, no matter what happens, they can never acknowledge or reveal the ETs exist because if they do, it will create a war between them and us. And so that's part of it. And then Eisenhower also signed a treaty. And mm-hmm. I can't remember I, that was online and I actually read it and I can't remember. No, I know that about I, that one. Yeah. We've yeah. talked about that one. Before. Yeah. And I think that it was in there as well. And yeah. so, you know, you're really looking at the government can't, or they, it's not that they can't, they're not going to open their mouth because of that. And then if they open their mouth, they're not going to keep getting technology. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, really and truly how people can honestly say that we went from living in caves and beating on rocks with clubs to computers. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, we, yeah. we like to think we're smarter than we are. And we do have some of our people that are absolutely beyond brilliant. I will give, say that. Mm-hmm. And we are capable now um, of learning how to. Yeah, but who knows how many of those people are part alien, you know? Well, yeah. And that's the other thing. We have a lot of um, human hybrids walking this right. earth and I've been attacked by a couple and you and I have talked about that on your other shows. So we don't need to go there, but um, yeah, they're there and we have them in our government, you know, the cabalers. Have you ever seen project blue book where that, have you ever seen the interview mm-hmm. of the alien on that? Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? Well, if it's the one I'm thinking of, and I'm not going to say it is, but where they were interviewing him and talking to him that right. actually, whether Was or not, who knows, I, I will say this, it does look real but you know hollywood's pretty yeah. good for effects but as far as the situation itself from what i'm aware of and what i've read and what i've learned and confirmed with everything else you know the situation is real yeah so yeah um, it's that that interview is pretty uh mind-blowing because i think when it was actually done was pretty far back and it's yeah. it's pretty wild it's, looking yeah you know, it's the situation is all true, whether that film is true or not. Um, Mm -hmm. it, it certainly looks real. I will say that, but that doesn't mean it is as we all know. Um, but the situation is real. I wonder why some people, when they're watching, say, say you and I are both watching that, that interview with this alien, we both walk away from that interview with completely different perspectives and feelings oh it's just the it's the perception of people and it has crazy though isn't it though but there's an instinct too though that we have inside well i think there is and i think that also and this is just my opinion it doesn't mean it's right but i think everybody's brain can handle so much Mm -hmm. and i think that the perceptions come from how much our brain is willing to absorb and allow us to to know and accept because certain people can accept certain things. Others can't. And, you know, it just kind of goes that way. And I think our government has tried very hard to make us believe that certain things don't exist. You know, like telepathy, telepathy really isn't that big deal. If I can do it, really a trained chimp can animals are all telepathic. Oh my gosh. I can, I'm so telepathic too. It's crazy. Well, yeah, you and I are telepathic with each other. I know. And that's the whole thing. And so, you know, obviously exists. Telekinesis exists. It's a real thing. A lot of the cryptids have used telekinesis. And, you know, so there's all these things, but our government has always said it's not real. 
mm-hmm. they do that because they want to keep us dumbed down to a degree while they're still doing whatever they want to do. And so, you know, you have these issues. And I think when people see these things after their whole life of being told that these things don't exist, and then all of a sudden certain situations happen and you see these things and you hear about these things and their brains are pretty much like, no, because this is, that's not real. That's not true because this is what we've been taught, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's, it's similar. It's not, but it is like with the Bigfoots. Okay, they're all born with paranormal abilities. That's just a fact. Mm -hmm. And if their parents don't teach them that they have them and that they can use them, they don't. They don't even know they have them. And that's why some cloak, some don't. Some won't cloak unless they feel threatened, you know. But it just depends on the teachings of the parents. They're all telepathic. They all mind speak, every one of them, no matter what. Just like they do. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that they all know that they have the abilities, like for cloaking per se, levitation, um, shape shifting, all these other things that they absolutely can do. They don't know they can go through a portal. They can't. They just don't know. And yeah. it's a matter of they don't know because they have not been taught. If you don't know you have something, it's like, let's say your great grandmother left you a million dollars and it's in a bank account. You grow up your whole life and your parents never mentioned this to you. Mm-hmm. you have a million dollars in a bank account and you don't know anything about it because your parents didn't tell you. Right. And it's, it's kind of on the same perception. And I think for people, it can be very, very difficult if they are to hear about these things, see these things, and they can't really wrap their mind around it. And the whole time we're asking them to believe in something that their whole lives they were told isn't real. Right. And I think it makes it very difficult. Well, that you know, even and, the government, what they've done to us. I mean, they've robbed us of the knowledge of, yeah. I believe human beings have incredible capabilities that are oh, much like 100%. the big ones. And, you know, uh, whether, and we don't yeah, know how to yeah. use them. Yeah. And whether or not this is true, I don't know. I have no nothing to base it on, but I have read, I've suspected it for years, but I have read. And also the cryptos have said that, you know, like all of our foods that we buy at the grocery store, they're pre-processed. They've got all kinds of things in it. And apparently my understanding is that there's been something, and I always thought this for years before I heard about it and read about it. There's been something that's been continually placed in our foods that kind of stopped the abilities and that, that we were at one point in time living to be two and 300 years old. Right. And that's whatever they're putting in there has dropped our life expectancy considerably and that right around the year 2025, they're going to start gradually removing that because it's killed off so many people. I don't know that that's going to happen in 2025 because a lot of things that they do to us now is for population control. Like, you know, you have ETs that create cryptids and drop it down here on the planet and they see what spins and what works and what's going on. But the government's also created cryptids. And when they created cryptids, they did it for warfare. And mm-hmm. in my own opinion, which doesn't mean anything, but in my opinion, they also did it for population control because what happens is they cut a lot of them loose and the stuff they're cutting loose are deadly. And I'm not going to say that all of the really lethal foots are government made because I don't believe that that's true. Um, I think some are just that bad, but I know like with the dogmen, um, there is a species of dogmen that our government created 
and they are lean, mean killing machines. I mean, that's just basically what they are. And yeah. they cut them loose. I wonder if all the governments have cryptids that work for their, you know. I would say probably agenda. the chances of that would be very, very high. I was wondering that or if it's just the United States. No, you know? I don't. From what I've seen and what I've heard, I don't believe that it is. You know, hmm. I really, really don't. I, I think there's so much out there that we don't know. We okay. have this huge globe that we live on. Yeah. And whether you believe the world is flat or round or whatever, it really doesn't matter. It It's a matter of you have this huge planet. And there are so many places that are on this planet that are void of people. And, you know, all these things that everybody thought was folklore or made up or whatever you want to call it or mythical, mm-hmm. we're finding out daily that it's not a myth. No. You know, I've got somebody I care very much about right now that's dealing with that situation and has come to find several beings that nobody really believed were real. I mean, some of us did, but the majority of the world didn't and is now has come face to face with these things. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it's one of those situations. It's like people didn't think trolls exist. Well, they absolutely do. And there's proof of it. You know, Mm -hmm. the Gugwe, everybody... And this is another mis- infor- misinformation with the, the Bigfoots that are bad. Um, everybody assumes they're all Bigfoots. Let me put this out there. Gugglies look like a Bigfoot, but they have more of a orangutan. Not, no, it's not orangutan. Ba- yeah, the baboon face. Not yeah. the orangutan. Sorry, guys. Those are called a Gugwe. Gugwe's were put here to kill now i don't know if a gug i think that gugwe is very possibly been created by the government um i don't have proof of that either way just putting that out there but um they are deadly and their whole goal in life is to kill and the bigfoots actually try to kill them before they kill anybody else but they where are they, where are they where do they typically i mean are they all over the world yes absolutely okay. absolutely God. and they come at people you know whether in a group or singular you know they're just they're bad but they do have that baboon face and that is the one way to tell if it's a gugwe how do you spell the name uh, i believe it's g u w e e i think don't quote me okay mm-hmm. yeah you have to yeah, they're it. bad i'll look yeah. it up yeah. i have one picture of one and I did not take the picture. That's why I don't ever let, you know, let it go public, but I'll send it to you so you can at least have a look at it. But um, a very good friend of mine took it. And that particular one, I believe now has been killed. I think the Bigfoot's Mm -hmm. finally killed it. So they just run around. Do they eat people or do they just kill them or both? I I would say both. Yeah. They're, They're pretty bad. They're, they're not, you know, they want to kill the Bigfoot off. They, they're always attacking the Bigfoot. They'll attack a dog. They'll attack anything. If you get in their path, you're toast. Um, <clears throat> I had talked to somebody that had them coming up in their yard, oh you know, God. and at first he thought it was the Bigfoot. And he's like, I don't understand why this is happening. And at one point I had heard, and I had not talked to these people, but um, some I heard just basically the the gist of the story was that they thought they had Bigfoot in their yard in their back 
behind their place and they were outside one day and it was actually Gugway and they came out and attacked and the woman made it back to her house and the man couldn't get to the house. He was trying to draw attention away from his wife and basically sacrificed himself. He tried to go up a tree and the thing went right up the tree after him and killed him. How big are they? Are they the same size as Bigfoot? Yeah. Are they more deadly than Bigfoot or is it just that they're just meaner? Um, I think it's that they're meaner. They're really strong, though. I mean, it, it's going to be a close race. Yeah, I didn't know. Like, if compared, like a lot of people think, you know, the dogmen are more superior physically than the Bigfoot are. Yeah, so, and I'm not sure about that either. I think it depends on the individual. People tend right. to stereotype. people tend to yeah stereotype and group everything in one group. And I keep, as I say to people over and over uh-huh. again, everything is individualized. I don't care what it is, who it is, where it's at. It's all on an individual basis. There's no two alike. I know you have to constantly remind everybody that it seems, you know, it just, everybody just wants to group everything into one. That's it. And then there's no, you know, there's no room for any kind of differences, you know? Yeah. How about the Otter Man? Have you ever heard of the Otter Man? Mm -mm. You haven't heard of the Otter Man? No, I haven't. I really and truly haven't. Oh my God. This is something I was reading up on this. It it literally looks like a Bigfoot, only it has the entire head is of an otter. And it's been around for centuries. And they, they believe it's actually a being that is literally a soul stealer. That it its whole purpose is to take people and steal their souls. And people typically are, are you know, they end up missing. They've been spotted, you know, identified, look just like otters, but their whole body my guess, is Bigfoot. My guess is it's just one more creature that ETs created because that's what right. they do. Right. They take um they take a human <clears throat> DNA, they take an animal DNA and an ET DNA and they create all these things. I mean, you're talking goat man, lizard man, yeah, cat people, all of it. I find it interesting with that one though, specifically that people uh, have identified it as just that the purpose of it is to steal souls. Yeah. That, that's and, really interesting to me because that came from like the Indian tribes and such. And that could be, it says, um, I just looked it up and it says shape shifting otters are called for Alaska. Kashtaka. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know anything about those. I'm just being honest. Do I think that it probably exists? Yeah, I really do. Yeah. They've been spotted. Um, a long time yeah it doesn't surprise me there are so many cryptids out there that we have no idea because a lot of them just go into places that are really hard to get to Mm -hmm. and whether it's in the mountains or whether it's just out in the woods whatever they go to places where there's no people at so you don't know they're there until afterwards Mm -hmm. it's such a shame we don't feel like when you start to get opened up to this kind of stuff, it's really a shame that you, you, you become afraid to go to the woods. Like you, you just don't know yeah. what you're going to run into. Like what, like well, the fairies and the, you know, the, the witch, like which is yeah. the fae, you know, like, I don't know if they're wit, if it's witches or whatever it is, but it's the fae, you know, or, or if yeah. that's part of it, you know, but you just, that those, especially they're the ones that seem to me like they're, they seem to be the ones that are the tricksters that open up portals and get people lost and stuff. Well, you know? I'm not going to say that they don't. I mean, the thing with the Fae is they are supposed to be neutral. They seldom are, mm-hmm. you know, I would rather be with something that I know is good or bad. 
than right. something neutral because when you get these things that are neutral like shadow man and as unfortunately um i can testify to they kill people um i lost a son because of that and um they you know they're supposed to be neutral and the neutral stuff can go either way and you don't know about it before until it's too late right you know i don't even know why the thing showed up with me and my son I, I don't even know nobody certainly called it or enticed it or wanted it or anything else but it did what it did and but the the thing is is that at least with the good and the bad you already know what you're dealing with you don't with mm -hmm. these things that you know have they are neutral in phase one of those and you know it's like everybody looks at fairies in the movies and oh they're so beautiful and they're so sweet and so loving no, no not really no not really you know, another neutral thing that can go either way. And the thing with the phase and the fairies is they pack a hell of a lot of a punch and you just don't want to mess with them. Um, I've had interaction with phase and I've been very blessed because they were very kind. And I was with a very good friend of mine and that we were permitted to see them. And that was lovely. It was very emotional, very moving, but that is not, and I'm grateful that they were so sweet, but not a group that I think that I would want to be closely tied to because like I said, they pack one hell of a punch and you just, just not something you want to deal with. I, I really, you know, people are like, well, I want to investigate the fate. No, you don't really want to do that. You know, you may want to think twice about it. I don't care their size. They can become whatever they want to become and they can do whatever they want to do. So really think twice about it. Now, it's like last night, we've got a situation, and this wasn't a fade. This was a Bigfoot. I know for a fact it was. I just, I'm trying to, I'll figure out which one it is. And he wasn't trying to be bad, I don't think. Um, I'm very lucky because the ones that, I've got like three or four clans at my place that come in and out, and they're all pretty good. They're not, you know, they certainly are ill-intended that doesn't mean that things don't go awry now and then. And it's not because they're trying to be damaging or trying to hurt. I've never had one try to hurt anybody here, mm -hmm. but I have, and I, we've talked about this before. I have a two and a half car attached garage and in my garage are kennels. And much to my husband's dismay because he was so happy that he finally got his attached garage and yeah, not happening. There's oh, Robin, you're awful. I know. He can get the car in, but he can't do it. You robbed him of his man cave? I did. I did. And he he can get the car in, which he thinks is awesome. Mm -hmm. And we do park the car in at night. But we're now having some issues with that because the cows are in there as well. And what? I am, well, what? yeah. This garage is massive, okay? I and have got to get pictures, Robin. Like, I need pictures of this. Oh, my gosh. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> oh, my when God. We, when we moved in here, we had five dogs. Uh-huh. And we had three mini pigs. And, yeah. Well, yeah I've big... seen the picture of the pig in the tub. <laughs> yeah. The tub. yeah. She was taking a shower. Have I oh showed you the God. ones with... Have I showed you the one of her walking around with her cockatiel bird on her back? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, think she, I, she, I love her. That's Millie. She's the sweetest pig ever. Honest to God. But anyway, oh they God. used to sleep up on the bed with us. When Pat and I mm -hmm. got together, they were already bed sleepers. Yeah. You know, when I, Pat and I met, I didn't have the ones I have now, but I did have one who always slept in the bed with me. And then Pat and I got Millie, the spotted one. 
and mm-hmm. she slept in the bed with us. And he was just like, oh, my God, what is going on? Why are these pigs in the bed? And I'm like, listen, the pigs yeah. are cleaner than anybody else. And my babies have always slept in bed with me. I'm, I love you. I'm glad you're here. But it's like they were actually here before you. Yeah. So the pigs yeah. always slept in the bed. And they would go and they'd lay between my legs and they'd sleep like that. I looked like Jesus nailed on the cross at night. Mm-hmm. It was just mm-hmm. hysterical because the dogs were under the arms and the pigs are between the legs. But anyway, yeah. when we moved I've to this, this house. Happen. Yeah. And so when we moved to this house, we got a brand new bed and it's actually quite tall. The newer Mm -hmm. beds are higher up. And I didn't want to take the frame off of it and put it on the ground and ruin a brand new bed. So it's up higher. And for the pigs, when they jump down on those little legs, I was afraid that it would hurt them. So they got booted out of bed. And I thought, you know what, really, he is my husband. I should let him stay in here without the pigs. Mm -hmm. So I got the pigs out and they were not very happy. But they were still in the house all the time. And it just got to the point where it was so hard because if they were left out in the other room during the night, you know, children will play. And, and for anybody that has potbelly pigs, they have the mentality of a to- two-year-old toddler that mm-hmm. never grows up. And so we started letting them go out into the attached garage, which, by the way, for everybody listening, my animals have air conditioning and heat because they don't mm-hmm. do any kind of precipitation or weather. Mm-hmm. And so they had their litter box out there and their beds were out there and their toys were out there and they have a pool that they get in oh my and God. it's ridiculous. It really is. I, I wish I had their life. And so they were already <laughs> out there. And then my son got out of the military and, you know, I had an animal rescue. I now have 14 dogs because some were just not adaptable. Some had gone through such a rough life that when we got them rehabbed, we were not going to let them go anywhere and risk it happening again. So yeah. And then we took in two older dogs that nobody wanted and their owner had passed away and they were living feral and it's not their fault. They were old and nobody would take them. So we took them in. And so we had these bigger dogs and my son got out of the military and him and his wife and their new baby came and stayed with us. And I didn't want all the long hair, one of which is a Pyrenees in and around the baby. So I Mm -hmm. took the bigger dogs and at night they go out in kennels in the garage and then they have their play yard during the day and their life is complete and they're all happy. And so they're out there. Well, so is the car. And I started noticing problems with the garage. Like a year or two after we were here, we would go out there and find things that had been moved around. Things were missing. Food was gone, you know, for the animals. And I didn't really leave a lot of food out there. All the dog food stays in the house because if there's mice in it, then the snakes come. But there would be like food from the kennels where the dogs were out. And I'd go in the garage and all of a sudden it's gone. And I'm like, what gives? And then I would leave and I would go into town and I'd come back. And if it was on a day that the animals, like it was rainy or whatever, and the animals were brought inside, because like I said, they don't do precipitation of any kind. They don't do excessive heat. They don't do rain. They don't do cold. It has to be, you know, the right temperature for the, in their world for them to go outside. Mm -hmm. And they would be in their kennels. And I came home one day and the whole bottom part of my garage door was kicked in going into the garage. Now, the mini pigs are escape artists. They are battering rams that can penetrate any force field you have, okay? And once they are out, it's not that they're destructive. If they think they're somewhere with food, they just plow through it till they get to the food. And I don't keep food out there, but if the dogs have dropped a a piece of kibble or whatever, they have no problem tearing apart their kennel to get into the kennel to get the food. So- 
but they can't push the door into the garage. No. They can push it out. They can't push oh. it in. And this was pushed in. And I went into the house and I went into the garage and it had been pushed in hard enough where the riding lawnmower that was just inside the garage had been shoved. And I'm like, good God, what am I supposed to do? I can't put the garage door up. I can't move it. So I had to wait for Pat to get home and he fixed the garage door. And he's like, I don't know what in the heck even happened. I said, I, he said, did you hit the door? And I'm like, no, like it, it was like this when I came home. It wasn't like this when I left because right. the door was down and working. This has happened a couple, two or three times now. And yeah. Pat went to put the car in the garage one day and the whole entire track just buckled because this track has been damaged from somebody pinging on it. Now, the pigs are talented. Yes, they cannot get up on the ceiling where the tracks to the garage door are. They just can't. Right. And right. so we couldn't figure it out. And the car got trapped in the garage for almost two weeks. And well, I'll give you a couple of guesses as to what it was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so Pat and my son-in-law, Ryan, who I absolutely would love and adore, um, he went out there and Ryan actually did most of it because Pat was not quite certain how to fix it. And they got it fixed. So we now it works and we put a new garage door system up to open and close it. Mm -hmm. And it's been going great. And then here again the other day, it's been kicked in again. And then yesterday, Pat went to put the door up to go out into town to go get us food. And it didn't want to go down. And we don't leave it up ever for any length of time because of snakes, because I'm in South Carolina for now until we all move and you guys too to Michigan. Yeah. And so. Oh, what's a few snakes and mice to add to the collection? Oh, well, you know what? If they're non-venomous, I don't care. I would, right. I used to go out in the woods and pick up the gardener snakes and, and play mm -hmm. with them. And, the, you know, I have no fear of snakes. I, the venomous ones I'm petrified of. I know. And, me too. And so. He couldn't get it down. He finally got it down and he came home and he come in the house and he's a very passive man. But when he's mad, he just, you almost want to laugh because he's like, he's going to stomp his feet, you know, and he's going to make this face and he's so funny. But anyway, um, he came in, he was all upset. And I said, do you feel better? And he said, about what? I said, well, you act like you're all huffy. And he's like, it's the garage door. Like the things mm -hmm. all mess up. Somebody's tearing apart the tracks on the door. <laughs> and I said, well, you can't actually believe that it's the dogs and the pigs because the pigs get blank for everything because it's usually them. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, no, because it's too high. Like they can't even tip their head up because of the way their neck sits. And he's like, this is unbelievable. He said something or somebody is messing with it. And I said, well, let me give you two guesses what can yeah. get up high enough to do it. I mean, really, do we have to go there? And yeah. he's like, I'm, tr I'm trying to pretend it's anything but that. So he had to have a come to Jesus moment with them last night. And he told them, he's like, cause he mind speaks as well. He's brilliant mm -hmm. at it. And he's like, you know, if he actually saw one is what happened. He came home and as he was, had gotten in and fought with the door and he came in and then he was doing something and he took trash out. And when he took the trash out, he saw a black one duck on the side of the garage. Wow. And now, and so he came in and he's like, I just saw one standing there. Like it was peeking out around the garage and then it just took off. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, so he talked to it and he's like, you guys have got to stop. And he said, well, it was not the adults. It was the, you know, the adolescents and, course. and, and the, the adolescents get blamed for everything. And yeah. I'm like, fine, but they need to back the heck off because I'm going to be zapping some asses soon because, you know, we cannot afford to get the car stuck in the garage. Yeah. And, 
I personally am absolutely terrified of garage doors because many, many years ago, like in the 90s, I had a 28 by 32 pole barn door break off the tracks and come down on the top of my head. And I was hospitalized, lost my memory. And then I had all kinds of problems afterwards. And it was many, many years before um, I actually recovered from that. Yeah. So I don't even want to be near a garage door. If it's going up or down, I'm the girl that you find ducking in a closet in the house. Yeah. And so when this door starts going wacky, I'm absolutely beyond terrified. I don't want anybody in my family near it. I don't want my animal. I don't, if it was up to me, I'd never have a garage door. But there's no way to keep anything out. So trauma can cause autoimmune diseases too. You know that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And so it's just one of those things that like, I'm really paranoid about it. And so he's like, this door is completely screwed up. It's almost as bad as it was before we couldn't get the car out again. And I'm like, you need to talk to them and tell them because this is not going to fly with me. Like really? So then last night, and this was yesterday that that had happened. We have, like I said, a large number of dogs and we've got five or six very small dogs that are quite old, except for one, he's only a year old. And they were going out and they bark. And I mean, there's little dogs make more noise than a big dog will ever hope to. But we Mm -hmm. also have one by the name of Chase and he is a medium sized dog. He almost looks like a miniature sized Irish setter, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And he was excessively abused when we got him and it took a very, very long time for chase to trust and to be okay with going in and out because he was afraid of doorways because every time he tried to go in a house, they would beat the holy hell out of him because they didn't want him in the house. And he's a house dog. He's spoiled beyond belief. When he comes in from outside, I have to go out there, squat down on the ground. He runs into my arms like a John and Marsha commercial. I pick him up so that his front feet are over my shoulders so I can pat him like a baby and I carry him into the house. Mm -hmm. Okay. This goes on whenever he goes outside. And if I'm not doing it, then dad has to do it because that's the only way Chase can mentally handle coming in said door. Mm -hmm. Once in a while we get lucky and he comes in on his own, but it doesn't happen often, but he loves to go out for the last four days. He has refused to go outside. Just absolutely. He's very, very sensitive to the energy of any of the cryptids and there's him and this little dog that's basically a pet rock named chester and chester is very sensitive as well which is amazing to me because the dog can't even move if there was an earthquake if there was a fire he would lay there and wait for you to come get him Mm -hmm. um but yet he's sensitive to them chester's been able to go out just fine and and not had any signs whether it's been happiness if it's ones he knows or being afraid of the ones he doesn't He's been perfectly fine, but Chase has refused for four days to leave my bedroom. He has hidden under the bed. He comes up for about an hour from a subterranean home under the bed, and he lays up on the bed with me. And then he goes back under the bed, which is where he's currently at. And he just will not go out. And we have tried everything. And we try to be not, I don't want to say lenient, but we are lenient with him because we know that he has had a lot of emotional trauma. He has PTSD from what he went through when he was younger for the first three years of his life. Mm -hmm. And you can't get him out from under the bed. It's not going to happen. I don't care what you do, unless you're going to flip that bed through the wall, he's not coming out. And so the last three or four nights he gets up during the night and I have puppy pads down in my bedroom because one of our dogs is blind and Mm -hmm. very old, but she's healthy. 
So her being blind and not able to go outside for me is not a reason to put her to sleep. And so she uses the puppy pads. She knows where they're at and where they're expected to be. And that's where she potties at. And he's gotten up and used her puppy pads because he won't go outside. And prior to that, for the week before that, he would only go outside at one or two o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. He just was not going to go out. So last night he had gotten up and he went all the way to the door. And he actually scratched at the bedroom door. And I'm like, I will be more than happy to take your ass out if you'll go out. Open the door. He hid under the bed. As soon as he thought he was going to have to go to the outside, he was under the bed. Mm-hmm. And he, he ended up going on the puppy pads. He did it three times. And I was like, Chase, you've got to get past this. Like, mommy will go out with you. Finally, yeah. he got up again and he wanted out. And I thought, here we go. So I go and I let him outside. I walk out on the deck with him because I knew he was scared. He, he'd go out off the deck and he'd look around and then he'd look at me and I'm like, okay, mom's coming out. So I go outside with him in the backyard and I'm standing on our deck and he's like, his head is darting everywhere because he, he wants to go to the bathroom. He wants to get it over and done with so he can get back in the house. And I could hear something walking around. Half my backyard is fenced in and it makes a very big area for them to go out and play. Mm-hmm. And I could hear something inside the fence walking, oh, but you couldn't see anything. And so I knew it was cloaked. And then I heard others in the bushes, but I couldn't see anything. Oh my! And God. Chase is like, good Lord, you know, just let me go ahead and take a poop. Oh so, I yeah. so he turned around and he started, he got done going to the bathroom. He turned around, started running towards the deck. He stepped halfway to the deck. And just froze and stared at the deck where I'm at. And I'm like, Chase, come on, buddy, please. Mommy doesn't want to carry you tonight. My arms are killing me. And right as I said that, you know how if somebody walks behind you and you can feel them behind you? Mm-hmm. I could feel somebody behind me. But I never felt fear. So I knew it wasn't anybody that was trying to do anything to me. But they got so close. I swear to God, I kept waiting to feel their breath on my neck. Oh my God. And then when they, you know, when they count coup, they touch you. And they used to forever when I was in Michigan, come up behind me and put their hand on my shoulder or pat my hair. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like I wasn't used to that happening, although it's still startling, but they never touched me, but I felt something lean over the top of me. Oh my God. And I was like, holy crap. Yeah. And it felt really big. And I turned around and of course you don't see anything. So, and Chase, but he stopped halfway to me and he was like, what do I do? Like, now what do I do? And so I, you know, I turned around, I didn't see anything. And I went, whoever you are, you need to like back the F up before Mm -hmm. I do it for you. Because I'm like, not in the mood. It's the middle of the night. I'm in pain. I just want to get the dog in. And so I felt it back off and I didn't have that feeling it was there anymore. And then Chase ran up on the deck. I didn't even have to go pick him up. He ran up as fast as he could and dodged in the house and made a beeline for the bedroom and back under the bed. Oh, my God. But I never felt anything like a bad negative energy. Do you feel whether it was a dog man or a Bigfoot? No, it was a foot. Totally a foot. So I was like, okay, but the dog man here, I don't have problems with dog men. You know, I know a lot of people are absolutely petrified of them. You know, we've got the one that sits across from my driveway and stands guard. He's just lovely. And then we have. Nico, that was the baby about four years ago. He's probably huge now, but he's out there. I mean, we get him all the time. And the neighbor next door saw two dogmen go walking out of the woods across the road. And walk There's a lot the of field. people that yeah. live around him that, um, in fact, I Never was just listening to 
um, Vic Cundiff's latest show, he had a girl on named Robin, actually, which I'm not sure if that's her real name. I think, I don't know if it's actually her real name, but um, she lives around them and you should hear this stuff. I mean, they're, they never harm them. They don't even hurt their kitten. Like she has dogs. They had a kitten. Yeah. That they, like they play I did a with. show she for said, Vic Cundiff. I've done. Yeah, I know you them. did. Yeah, I know you did. And uh, he was actually supposed to be on my show, but I haven't contacted him lately because I ran into a scheduling issue and we just haven't connected again. Um, but yeah. he was actually, he's going to, he agreed to come on my show, which is really oh, good. Cute. I love yeah. that. Very, well, very I wanted enough. to, I actually just, he asked me, you know, he's like, Tracy, I've never actually had experiences. And I said, I know, but I said, I think people just kind of want to know a little bit about you. You know, like who you are, and I mean, maybe yeah. not give too much. Information, I think he's pretty secretive. I don't know. He maybe is. Not. He is, but I think you know. I said, you know, I'm sure there's questions. There's something that you can reveal that would be interesting, Vic. You know, and so we're just kind oh, like of like he yeah. is a doll, and um, I know he helps so, a lot of people. He does. You know? He's been so good to me and so kind to me. I just, <laughs> I, you know, I, I've got absolutely 100 nothing negative to say about Vic. I just think yeah, he's a very I, nice he's, person. He's just had, um, his show is one of my favorites. Like I, yeah. I actually watch well, other did, people's podcasts too. You know, so yeah, I listen. I to did them. the Bigfoot one. I did the Dogfoot one, and I did my paranormal experiences mm-hmm. that he started. So yeah. But yeah, I, I had a hard time finding those. I, I was looking for... I have a terrible time finding those. I, I can't was, find it, Robin. What is going on with that? I can't I don't find understand it. I think because there's another show that's out that has the same title, So every and it's been on longer than his. Anytime I punch it in, I get that one. I don't ever get okay. his, which is... But, yeah, but and, I mean, and, I, I looked for the, the description, and like yeah, I can't find here's it. The, here's the thing with me, and... Everybody, my my dear friend Duke Sullivan gets so mad at me over this. I don't have time for me in my life, let alone <laughs> listening to the podcast. I and once I, I do, them, I don't. I don't even listen to my own. Yeah, I stopped listening to all. I I used to listen to all of mine, and now I'm kind of like, yeah, I already did it. I don't really need to listen to it. Well, so I, you want to edit it though, like you you like to go back and edit it, but so I, many times I don't because I feel like it's natural. I'm like, just let people well, hear what's going on. I you know? go on and I check to see because people make comments and oh, yeah. I check to see if there's anybody that has a question that's posted or whatever. And yeah. I feel like if somebody's going to take the time to listen to me talk, which I never could figure out why they do, but if they do, um, I just feel in my heart that if they are going to take that time then they deserve the time for me to see if they've left a comment or question. Oh, yeah. And I oh, try yeah. to answer. I don't always get it. I'm not going to lie because, you know, life takes over and you get busy. But I do try to make an effort to go on there. And it may take me a while to get there, but I do try. Yeah, so, me too. I'm the same way. You know, I try to get on there and check. And so, but yeah, that's how I know it. it's hard to find that one because I had a heck of a time finding it myself. I can't. I, I, I've got to. I actually need to email. I was going to email Vic and see if. I could maybe get him to just send it to me. So I had it and I could subscribe to it and stuff. I just you know what? I go on, you know how I get them? How? I simply go on messenger and say, Hey Vic, I need a link for the show. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's what I need. Cause it, I, I just love him. I love, I really, really love um, that show. I love Sasquatch Chronicles is amazing. <laughs> Sasquatch Chronicles is a good show. I don't. Now I'm not talking about these people personally because I don't know them 
on a personal level, you know, some people will say, oh, that person's a jerk, like, you know, and, and, but I don't, I mean, I'm not talking about anything personal. I'm just talking about the show. Like, like I yeah. love, you know, I love Sasquatch Chronicles. I love uh, Dogmen Encounters is probably my favorite. Um, and then I, I do listen to David Polites because his stories are just fascinating. And I, um, there's, there's a couple Dixie cryptids, pretty good. Um, although I don't know, I, I really loved when Cam did the show and then he kind of switched over to having a helper and she had a female voice and it, I have a hard time making adjustments. Like if I get used to something a certain way and like there's a person doing something and I get used to their voice, I, I get really like, you know, like I just have this traditional side of me where I'm like, okay, I just want to keep it that way. And then when they throw other people in there, I'm like, oh, come on. You know, I want to hear yeah. them. So, yeah. you know, but because you get, well, you get attached to the people, you know, you really you do. do. So, but, yeah, I don't know what was going on. It's been, we normally have a great deal of activity here. Mm -hmm. We may have a few days where there's lulls, but there's generally... Out of seven days, five days, that there's some sign that they're around. When mm -hmm. I was sick, they were extremely kind. They would go and pound on the wall of my bedroom um, where my head is at, and they would knock on there, so I knew they were there. And then um, they would stand outside my windows at night, and they would chant. Oh, so I think wow. they're trying. Yeah, I think they're trying to help. So, <laughs> oh, that yeah. almost and, sounds Indian, doesn't it? Well, they do a lot of Native American things. I mean, they right. really are, a lot of their belief system is Native American. And Crazy. so they were very sweet and very kind. And the dogmen, when, you know, they were more on guard and on point than they normally were because I was down for the count, which means everything mm -hmm. comes after me while I Well, can. we were all worried about you, Robin. I mean, yeah, I, I appreciate guys, it. it I know me. you were. It took weeks to even to get you to respond. Like, like I couldn't even, well, first I couldn't get you for a while. And then I, I was dealing with talking to Pat and, and I, you know, I'm so close to you. I, I feel so bad for Pat. Cause I'm not, you know, I don't have the same relationship with Pat. I do you obviously. So it's kind of like, well, you know, I, I just want to see yeah. if it's okay. You know? No, and he was fine with that. Um, yeah. I, I felt, felt really bad him. for him because we do have a lot of animals. Yeah, that depend on our care. And he started out working and taking care of the animals and taking oh. care of me. And then it got once oh, I was God. diagnosed with COVID, he was out of work from that, but he couldn't go back after the five day restriction because mm -hmm. I was not capable of taking care of myself. And I wasn't going to let any my daughter and my son in law are staying with us temporarily. Mm -hmm. And I was not going to let them near me because I didn't want to risk them getting sick and I didn't want Pat to get sick, but I wasn't going to risk the kids or the grandkids. And so I was like in complete solitaire and, you know, the grandkids would come over and I was, I never left my room. I made sure I wasn't exposing anybody to anything and God love them. They're so sweet. They would stand outside my window and I would make sure my window was closed and this was after I'd gotten to the point, this is after five weeks of not being able to lift my head up. Mm -hmm. um, I got to where I could sit up in bed and they would come and wave at me outside my window and blow me kisses, which was really sweet. So but, let me interrupt you for a quick second. Pat never got it, did he? No. I can't no. That. But Pat has, is on blood thinners. And one of the oh. major problems with COVID is it thickens the blood and with you a should lot of start taking turmeric, Robin. You should oh, start taking fish krill oil and and uh and or cod liver oil. 
Because you start, you I need started, to start taking turmeric and, and cod liver oil. No, I'm on the turmeric. Um, I take that and I take aspirin. And when you have COVID, oh, okay. you're supposed to take it for, take that for six weeks after. So okay. I'm, yeah, I'm on it, but he's on actual blood thinners. And I think that had a lot to do with it. I think that's <laughs> what, or he could have gotten it and been, and been asymptomatic. Yeah. You know, not shown but any he got signs tested at all. When I, when I tested positive, he went and got tested and his was negative. And and he might've gotten it, it after. I mean, you never yeah, know. It's you interesting. Never, it, a lot of it, you don't know. It's all a guessing yeah. game. But so the foots would stand out there and they would chant at night. And I would, after they did that, I always felt better, mm-hmm. but then it would be a day, day and a half and I'd crash. And as I got better that I would go two steps forward, I'd go one step back, two steps forward, one step back. And I'm still doing that now. Although now I can go four steps forward and one step back. So it's, it's still pretty, it takes not a lot to wipe me out, mm-hmm. but I felt bad for Pat cause he was like trying to do everything. And then when he was out of work because of me and having to take care of me, he's running the house and he was exhausted. He was absolutely exhausted. The, the work just for the animals alone is enough to bury somebody. Yeah. You know, I don't and know how you do that stuff. We're going, well, we're going, my son-in-law, God bless his heart and soul, and my daughter are going to be taking care of said animals because um, the 16th of April, um, Pat and I are speaking at a conference in Clayton, Georgia. We're going to go the night before, and then we'll be there on the 16th. We'll drive back that night just because of the animals. But the, on Wednesday, the next Wednesday, we fly out to Nebraska, and um, I will be speaking at the Nebraska Bigfoot Conference, as well as wow. my wife. So that, yeah, that'll be fun. We're excited. Um, and then Pat, well, they're opening a garden there is handicap accessible, which is really cool. And... Pat will be opening the veterans portion of it. Okay. Since he's a veteran. So, yeah. But I mean, that's it's one really of those, cool. Yeah. It's just one of those things that um, we, we love our babies beyond distraction. At the dogs, we've got the pigs, we've got a guinea pig. Um, what we got because he. So we took in him. I have a very large sulcata tortoise that she's only a few years old, but she's already bigger than a dinner plate. She weighs a ton. Mm-hmm. And, and then we have a cockatiel. So there, and then that's just, you know, the basis. And then we have um, five inside cats. And then I have two cages that are quite large outside because that group of cats does do not behave very well inside the house. They tend to be a little pain in the tissues, but I have Savannah cats, which are uh, minor F7. So they have um, a background in genetics of a West African serval, but they were crossed with the Maine Coon. So they're not F1s, they're called F7 descendants. So I have mm-hmm. one cage that I have my three, they look like giant black panthers. They're bigger than a house cat, but they're not like panther size. And they're there. And then the other cage, I have my neutered boys that are just regular house cats and my Savannah girls. And then I have one girl in there that somebody just felt 
you know, didn't deserve to have a home and dumped her off. And she showed up one day very hungry. So she's in there. So then we have those outside cats to take care of. So, yeah. I am. I asked you a question earlier and I don't think you heard me. Um, So I want to ask, I think sometimes we get glitched out on this thing. It kind of shuts one of us down. We're talking. There's a man named Erwin Saunders. Okay. He's on YouTube. I want you to very, very much start watching his videos and I want you to tell me what you think. Okay. Um, if you have chance, I'll send you a couple links of it. He actually, yeah, please do. I, I believe he lives over in Ireland or maybe Scotland. I'm not sure. I can't remember offhand. He goes out in search of the Fae and of little people and stuff like that. He has actual footage of what he calls the fairies. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this stuff is real or not. It looks real. So I would really like to get your spin on this. And anybody sure. else that watches this, guys, you've got to see this stuff. <laughs> it is crazy stuff. You, you better be to, careful. <laughs> you have to know there was one he did where he got shot with a little arrow and he yeah. didn't know he had. He thought something had bit him and he pulled out this little arrow and he got really disoriented and he since disappeared. Nobody knows where he's gone or what's happened to him that that, that I know of. I haven't heard any late news on him it, or anything. It really is like people. You, you, you know, can see these things, though, Robin. They look like they're part yeah. of, like, the trees. Like, they're, they're like, tree bark mm-hmm. color. You've yeah, got to see I, this. Yeah, I will. And I don't, like I said, um, I'm not going to say this is fact because I don't have, <clears throat> excuse me, DNA from them or anything to, to be able to compare it. But to me, they these those kind of things are more of an elemental. Yeah. Which means, you know, they're, yeah. they are, we're just here. Yeah. Something. I mean, who knows what created them? I mean, a lot of people would say the devil, but you no, just—I don't believe I mean, that. I don't know, I man. People, I don't know what to believe about anything. How can you believe think, anything you don't know? You know. Yeah, and I personally think, and this is only my opinion. Um, people tend to get very confused in the whole bad and evil thing and the demonic thing. Mm-hmm. Just because something is evil doesn't mean it's demonic. Some things are just not good. Excuse me. And that doesn't mean that they're demonic. I mean, anything demonic comes from the underworld, from the devil, from Satan. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of things in our world that are bad or evil that just, but they're not demonic. And I, I I talk to a lot of people and they get very, very confused. They seem to think that just because something is bad, that automatically makes it demonic and it, yeah. it really and truly in my mind it, it doesn't it doesn't work that way well i think I mean, we're, I've we're had... all brought up with that good or evil you know god yeah. or Satan. Oh, i agree so, you know we, and... we believe that there's either one side or the other yeah you know? i mean i had a demonic present come gunning for me one night i woke up i picked up the energy from it and it woke me out of sound sleep looked out in the backyard and there's this thing 20 foot tall with red eyes and oh I knew it wasn't a foot in the energy off of it. It was so easy to tell that it was demonic. And God. so um, a friend of mine that I do this work with, I called her and I'm like, hey, this is what's going on over here. And I said, I'm going to try to get rid of it. 
there's, there's clearly a difference. If you've ever encountered, and I've helped a few people that I don't like to deal with demonic entities. I'm just being honest, just because it's something that, you know, anytime a person works on any of this stuff and helps you, it hit, you run the risk that it comes back to you. Mm-hmm. I have family. I have grandchildren. It's not just me by myself. I have a husband and I do try to help. And, and this is just me. I try to help everybody. I really do. But I don't like to do a lot of that kind of work just because that's not my specialty. I've had to deal with it. I, in my lifetime. And so I've helped people get rid of them and I've been successful at it, but that, you know, I'm not a pro at it by any means. And it's not something I do on a regular basis, but when you come in contact with stuff like that, you can definitely feel the difference in that and just something bad. Yeah. You know, I mean, there, there really is a whole different ball game to it. It's just, you know, it, I mean, there's just so much going on and there really is. We had, um, like, when was it a week, week and a half, maybe week to a week and a half ago. Um, we let the dogs out. They go out and go potty between seven and eight o'clock at night for their final, you know, hurrah. Mm-hmm. And then everybody comes in, everybody gets their bedtime cookies and they all go to sleep. That's the theory. Anyway, I want to be one of your pets. <laughs> and this is the, the one. I want to, I want to yeah. live in the garage with the little pool and <laughs> yeah. streets at night and stuff. Yeah. And, <laughs> So this is the, you know, the ones that go in the kennels out in the garage. And so I went out. Pat is always really good about saying, oh, I got him. I'll go out there and let him out. And I'm like, okay. But I had that night I had gone out there and him and I were actually talking. And so while we were talking, he kind of followed me out into the garage. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't find the dog cookies or something. So he popped back in the house to find the dog cookies because we don't ever want to run out of them bad boys. And. I let the dogs out and they ran to the back of the fence facing the woods just as fast as they could. And they're, they're barking and growling and carrying on, but all the tails are wagging and the the foots are obsessed with our Pyrenees because she's white and that means purity. And that's what they like. And they like all the dogs, but that's really one of their top favorites. And she was all excited tail wagging 90 miles an hour. And I looked in the woods and I see this white upright Bigfoot. I mean, I knew what it was when I saw it. All I saw was like this upright walking thing that was white. And then it dropped down to all fours with the butt up in the air. And it went as fast. I mean, it moved fast, went right across the back of the yard and into the woods. And then it went upright. So I hollered for Pat and hollered for Pat. He come out. He saw a black one closer to the house ducking behind a tree. It peeked its head out. Well, in the meantime, I heard four barks from a dog. And I, up until the day after this happened, I actually thought it was maybe a neighbor's dog up the road. And I saw it bark four barks and then instant quiet. Mm -hmm. But the barks were not familiar to me. Like my neighbor has a dog. Her neighbor has two dogs. And this bark was not the same bark of any dog on the block that I've ever heard. Right. And it only did four barks and then it was instantly quiet. And when I looked over into her yard, I saw what at first I thought was a dog until I got thinking about it afterwards. And I thought there's no dog that moves like that. Mm-hmm. And I am now convinced that it was not a dog. It was actually a baby Bigfoot. And it, oh. it was it was black and it went running to the white one. Wow. And then right after that is when Pat saw the black one peeking out around the tree. 
And then the white one was now standing at the back of the property in the woods. And this little black thing went creeping across and went on all fours to it. Mm-hmm. So they were all back. That was the first night. So then the next night, I didn't see anything. The following night, Pat was doing something. And I said, oh, I got the dogs. I, you know, my washer and dryer is out in the garage, too. So I went out there to switch some wash around. And I cut everybody loose. And I thought, you know, there is not a night that goes by that they don't go out. They go out that door like they've been shot out of a cannon. Their butts are on fire. I mean, <laughs> you would... It's the same yard they're always in, but they go out of there like gangbusters and they're just a barking and screaming and mm-hmm. carrying on every single time. Like it's the first time they've ever been there, you mm-hmm. know, every <laughs> night. And I had let them out and nobody said a word. Oh, and I'm like, why are they quiet? Not that, I mean, I pray for them to be quiet. I'll be honest with you, but I don't ever get my prayers answered. Right. And now it's completely quiet and they're all standing at the back of the fence facing the woods and everybody's tails are up and wagging, but nobody's making a noise. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's going on? So it's all dark back there. We don't have any lights back there, but in the darkness, I could see this gigantic big black figure as it walked across the backyard. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. You know, I, he, yeah, he had to have done something to make him be quiet. So, funny. you know, I saw that, but then well, like yeah, last, just his presence. Yeah. You know. But then last night I went out there when Chase went out, you know, and I, when I walked out on the porch to begin with, I looked over on the side of the garage and I thought I saw a grayish white figure and I turned my head to look again. Cause I just caught a glimpse of it out of the corner of my eye and I turned my head to see again and it wasn't there. Yeah, And I thought, well, either somebody cloaked or I was imagining it and I just, you know, whatever. But it was actually really creepy because I could hear them. There's a pen inside my, inside my backyard that's fenced in. There's two pens. There's a double size kennel so that I can put the bigger dogs in there. So when I let the little dogs out during the day, they all get along unfortunately the little dogs get pummeled by the big dogs you know they want to play and these are old dogs that are little so the bigger dogs go out there and then during the day i let them out to run around the yard as well so they have extra room but they go in there and then my mini pigs go in a a k a big cage out there or a kennel out there but they used to go out with the dogs and everybody always says you know you can't let your pigs and dogs together because they're dangerous or whatever and i just for years, I never had a problem. I just never did. But I always kept a very close eye. I mean, I would never leave them out unattended. Right. And so we got this rescue puppy in and she was absolutely beautiful. And I just loved her. And I, I really was going to keep her. Her name was Cassidy. We named her Cassidy. And she was out playing one day and she had been around these pigs since she was about three months old. And I don't know what flipped her switch, but I had let the dogs were already out and I, the pigs were out all day long. It was fine. And I was bringing the pigs in and for no reason, she just did this full blown attack on these pigs. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. She almost killed one of them. And Mm. so I got, I got rid of her because of it. Cause I wasn't going to risk my babies. So I found her a home. Well, then we got this other rescue in. And after that, all the pigs went in another double kennel that I have out there. So I didn't have to worry. I wasn't going to risk it again. And 
we had this other rescue dog that was in and he got out of his pen and he dug into the pig pen and he killed the one that Cassidy had attacked. Oh, and ever <laughs> since. Yeah. Oh my God. You talk about devastating. He was gone by that afternoon, gone by that afternoon. He, I wasn't gonna let him on the property. And what was it about that pig? I don't know, but they zeroed in on him. I think it was because he was super tiny. He never Aww. got very big. He was, I loved him. He was a great pig and he was, you know, a house pig. He was litter trained. Um, Aww. he was just fantastic. And it just really broke my heart. I cried and cried over that. And the night that he died, my son that was in the military, um, I had to go somewhere during the day when, the, when it happened, I was not here when it happened. And my son that was here had to deal with it and he did everything in his power to help this little pig and he ended up dying during the night Aww. I think he would yeah so I had a really difficult time with that so that dog was gone but um yeah. so I just I don't ever you know ever since then everybody's like thinking they're going to go after the pigs because they saw these two dogs do it so now everybody's separated they aren't even allowed to play together I mean they're in the garage together in cages and they they're fine with yeah. each other that way but they don't yeah. get to go out in the yard with them. Like the pigs will go out with my little dogs. My little dogs don't do anything. Okay. But um, yeah, but I've not had any problems with the, the Bigfoots bothering any of my animals. Everybody asks me that all the time. And I will say this. The only issue I have had is the cages that have the cats in. And those cages, although it's not, doesn't look great, are in my front yard, mm -hmm. not far from my bedroom window. So I can keep an eye on my babies. Right. And if anybody's causing them harm or whatever, the theory is I would know it. Clearly I do not because they don't ever hurt the cats, but I have food buckets. I don't just have cat bowls or whatever. I have buckets and I keep it filled 24 seven so they can eat whenever they want. Cause they're cats. They don't, they're not like a dog. They're not just going to go and eat their bowl down. They like to, you know, nibble. So yeah. I have these huge buckets that I keep in there filled with cat food at all times. And I have it um, in part of where their sleeping house is so that that way it doesn't get rained on. And I will go out there and this huge bucket that should have fed them for almost a week is gone within 12 hours. Oh, and pine cones are placed in the bucket. Yeah, I know. I love that. Yeah. But I'm the like, thing what is that going to help me? You know? I know. But people need to realize is these cages, pine cones can't get in because there's tops on them. Yeah. And they're not a regular dog kennel. They're a retriever dog kennels, which means the they're welded wire. And the opening is much, much smaller than a chain link kennel. You can't get a pine cone through it. Oh, my gosh. And the only way it could do it is if it went in sideways, but it won't fit in even sideways. Right. And these are not only in the pen, they are in the buckets. So I don't know if the gift of pine cone is supposed to feed the cats. I don't know. But it happens an awful lot. And it seems to happen in both the cat cages. Mm -hmm. So whoever's taking it, you know, thanks for the pine cones. Right, no, but, I um, that. Yeah, like but that. they've They're not right. let, yeah, they haven't let any of the cats out. And they, they haven't hurt them in any way, shape or form. They just fill their bucket with pine cones. You know, I mean, it's the craziest thing so ever. Funny. Yeah. And they've never bothered the pigs. Now, my pigs don't stay out all night long. They Absolutely. are only. I hear of a lot of Bigfoots taking pigs and eating them. 
Yeah, yeah, I have heard of that as well. But they have not, you know, I know they go in the garage to play with the animals. That We've got, you know, so many things that have been moved around. And now, obviously, garage door damage. Um, but they have never hurt any of my animals. The only time I ever experienced anything similar to that years ago, and I mean years ago, this was like in the 80s. I had chickens and for the longest time I thought, what's wrong with my chickens? They refused to lay eggs because all the eggs were gone. And then I found out they were laying eggs and they were just, the eggs were being taken. And once I said, just leave me some, that's all I asked. They started leaving me some and it was okay. And then, yeah. And then, um, yeah, that was nice. They were good. I love all the thievery that takes place in their world. But you know, it is, but they also, do what they call a barter system where if they leave you something or if you give them something, they leave you something. And they've done that with me my whole life. Yeah. I know. I will say pine cones and rocks. and stuff. Yeah. Oh, you want to hear what else they, this, you talk, I will take the pine cones and the rocks because here's the thing. Years ago when I was living in Michigan, I had what I called the feeding station for anybody mm-hmm. out there. It is not recommended that you feed your Bigfoot all the time because they get it. No. I mean, it's one thing to leave a bag of apples here and there, whatever, but you're never going to feed enough to take care of the whole clan. And some clans will get very mad when you stop. I, however, was by myself. I wasn't on Facebook. I didn't know anybody that had them around. And so I was kind of winging it my own way. And I was putting food out for them every night. Like I was spending $150 to $200 a week. Oh, Robin. Oh my gosh. Putting food out. And I was very fortunate. My group if I forgot a night or whatever, they never got violent. They didn't. I had one night where I fed them late because they, they like consistency. So they know what you're doing and where you're doing and how you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, they won't give you that back, but you're supposed to do that for them. Yeah. And so I was late. I got hung up at a church event and I came home and I had buckets that were hanging on the trees. Mm-hmm. And when I came and they were on snaps, and when I came home, they had unsnapped the buckets and put them on my porch and put them upside yes. down. Like, yeah, like you dumbass, what did you forget? So, That's and they, they were What hollering. did you feed them, though? What were you feeding them? They had dinner scraps. They had vegetables. They had fruits. They had a little bit of dog food because they were always stealing the dog food from the other dogs. And I had... Um, That's funny to eat dog food. Yeah. When I hit, when it was the holidays on Thanksgiving, I made two turkeys, one for them, one for me. If it was a ham, it was Aww. a ham for us, a ham for them. So, I mean, they ate very well, but I never, my group was one of these groups that I, you literally could do anything. They were just very, very kind. And so I never had any aggression. I mm-hmm. had one of them yell at me because the food was late, but I was, he was like, he actually, the only reason he yelled was because when I would go out, I'd whistle and then they would come in to get mm-hmm. the food. And I, it was like, you know, I didn't get home till 1030. And I usually fed them between 530 and six. Right. And that's when I came home and the buckets were on the porch. And I went, I, oh, crap. So I drove the car up to the deck and I told my kids get out and go in the house because I thought, I don't know what they're going to be like. I don't want my yeah. kids walking into the house and they grumpy. didn't do anything. Right. So I took the food out there and I whistled to them and one of them one of the adolescents was just, he was far away. wasn't near the house was yelling as loud as he could. So he was probably letting everybody else know 
Oh you know, my God. The, this witch is back. She's finally remembered to feed our asses, you know. Now, but, do they share food? Like, do, is it something? Do you? I don't know if you know this, but like, if you put, say, two buckets of food out, and you've got like maybe the lead. Oh, they'll take it back to the other ones. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, again, it's individualized. It depends on the individual, but yeah, they will share it. Lion or something. They always see yeah, first. Yeah. yeah. You know if they do that or don't you know? Um, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. But I mean, if he if went, he went in, there, in there. Because I can imagine one of them could eat a whole turkey themselves. You do me. You know? Okay, guys. So Robin and I got a little bit... um, the A lot of glitches going on. I don't know what was going on with this recording, but we had a lot of stuff going on here. We had some... uh, like It sounded like little aliens were coming in to the recording talking over us that we're talking about music and like little tiny voices that sounded like they were like little people type voices, not to say that's what they were, but they were like little munchkin sounding voices and they were saying things that we weren't talking about. So it was pretty weird. Um, there was a, a pretty big chunk of stuff I had to, you know, edit out because it was just complete echoes and we got some drop calls. So we had some stuff going on with this, um, with this podcast, but I do want to just let you know that, um, you'd notice here, there was like some echoes going on right, right before, um, this section here I'm adding to, and I just kind of edited the whole thing out. There was like a half an hour of us talking and I'm just going to kind of do a little quick rundown of what we were talking about that was edited out. Uh, she was saying that Bigfoot do not seem to be territorial with eating. The leader doesn't necessarily eat first. And Dogman, she doesn't know about. As far as she knows, she has no idea what they do as far as their eating pad- patterns. Robin told of a story where she had a rabbit cage with snaps that the Bigfoot would leave a live opossum in the cage in exchange for food they either took or she would leave out. So she would come back to this cage in the morning or look over and there's this live opossum in there that was actually like locked in and she would have to take this opossum out and drive it very far away so that it was, you know, pretty much saved from the Bigfoot recapturing it again. So that was pretty funny. Um, let me, I'm just reading through my notes here. Uh, Bigfoot would hang on one second. Uh, she stated they steal food when I asked her because it's just easy. She said it was, it was much like us having a drive up for food when I was like, you know, why do they steal food? Because they're such, you know, capable hunters. And she said, well, it's just kind of like, you know, you have a, a day where you're tired and you just run to the drive through you know, it's, kind of, it's just kind of there and it's easy access for them. Um, we joked about if anyone had roadkill around their house that doesn't disappear in like a matter of days that they should feel secure that there's no cryptids around. Uh, we discussed some of the hunting techniques hunters use using dogs and other stuff. We were kind of complaining a little bit about some hunting things. I was a little bit, um, just some of the stuff that I see that is bothersome, you know, that 
people do that are just, it's just cruel. I don't, I don't like cruel type hunting. Uh, neither does she. And the Bigfoot will typically, she was talking about these hunters that would go out and they would let their dogs loose because they didn't want to, she felt that because they didn't want to get bit by snakes down where she lives in South Carolina. And they would use this technique where they would let the dogs loose and then they would, you know, kind of push deer out or whatever they're hunting out and then they would shoot them. And I was talking about like the Bigfoot, why they killed the dogs and, and they do things like that. And she said she thought that what she was told by the Bigfoot was that they, they the dogs would come in and come after the, the their kids. And that's why they would kill the dogs. And we just kind of, you know, said we couldn't understand why they don't zap them, but they live by their own code. Uh, we talked a bit about Pennsylvania and how active it is with cryptids, ETs, you name it. Pennsylvania is a hot spot for disappearances as well. Very wooded. Western Pennsylvania especially is really active. Um, then we went on to talk about snakes. We talked about, I, I, she lives in an area that there's a lot of snakes and she's specifically afraid of the blue racers. And she told me a story about when she was a kid the blue, the blue racers would come in, they, they would chase her mother and actually her mother would run and get into the house and, sh and slam the door and the snakes would actually like slam up against the door. That's how aggressive these snakes were. So I, I just kind of made a comment that the, the Bigfoot probably like eating the snakes because I've heard that the, the meat from snakes is, is really good and it's, it's, it's very meaty. And she said that they probably do. And um, she just, you know, mainly was talking about the Blue Racers. And that's where it. I'm going to let it play from there. It's only a few more minutes until we get cut off again into another subject. But I'll just, you know, I'll let this section play real quick. So here we go. The king snakes will kill the venomous snakes. They They don't tolerate them. But... Here, well, like the one place in Michigan, you know, I was worried about the blue racers and I told the foots, I said, please keep them off the property because I don't want the kids getting bit. And so one day we went outside and there was a blue racer and it was laid out and next to it was a bloody rock where they had bashed the head in and then they bit the head off of it. You could see the shape of the mouth. Okay, guys, um, we had a little glitch happen in this section that got it was just it wasn't salvageable so it was just we were just kind of finishing up talking about the snakes wasn't anything you know outstanding so you didn't miss anything i promise and then we went into going back into talking about the pixie hunter over in ireland or scotland that erwin saunders guy so we'll continue with that hello i am here sorry I got, we, got, we got disconnected yeah I, I think I hit a button. I was plugging my charger in and I think I might've hit something. So I think <laughs> it was my fault. But what were you saying? You were just looking up Erwin Saunders. You said that he disappeared. Yeah, it said that he disappeared and it looks like he, there was a two, it says that the, there was a two minute clip that came back. And so he might be coming back, but nobody knows. Oh, okay. And then it shows a picture of him with, it shows the arrow that they shot him with. Okay. Well, and when you're says, looking at his videos, you can even, when you start to play them, you can even just fast forward him because he does a lot of sitting around. He'll sit there for quite a while. 
until he spots or like one of them shows up, you know, and then so you can kind of fast forward it, like scroll, scroll it forward until you kind of see where it's looking at these little brown, like bark colored people or like little they look like stone, you know, and you kind of see it. They almost look, you know what they look like? They look like Dobby from Harry Potter. Yeah. And I've seen other people that have sent me pictures of those as well. They look like Dobby and it's odd that they, they actually used a creature that, you know, I always think of that, that predictive programming or them just kind of indirectly letting us know what's out there through movies, you know, and that this is what it, it kind of reminds you of that, but it looks like Dobby, although I don't know if they have pointy noses, but they just, they have the exact same. The ones that I've seen people show me pictures of, that's what they look like. Yeah. They look like Dobby, and I don't know what they're called. I don't know if they're the fairy or the fae. He calls them the fae. He says they're fairies or fae. And yeah, he's got this as a pixie now. A pixie, yeah, that's that's it. That's pixie. You're right. It's pixie. I'm sorry. Um, because I know the one girl. I was I was listening to the story about the one girl. I think she was over in England that she was sitting out in her garden, and she said these three little green men showed up and took her to this cow- castle in the sky. Yeah, And they came back and took her back for like a year and they thought her dad had done something to her. They were getting ready to arrest him. And then she showed back up and said they were going to take her again, that she had been traveling the world in these strange looking vehicles and stuff. Like it was really crazy stuff. Yeah, But she said they were dressed in green suits and they were mm-hmm. fancy and they were men and they would, they would have like sexual relations with her and stuff. Oh, wow. So, yeah. It was really wild. It's that they really interesting. Trying- it is just, it makes, well, you know what, get, the thing that I don't, I would like to know is why do they pick certain people? Why is so, there like you that? You know, it girl? could be anything. Yeah, he's got a video of one and it shows one walking around. Yep. You have to see this stuff, Robin. It's fat. This cannot be at it. It's It's amazing. It's amazing looking at it. And some of them have different head garb on, like they've got little tribal headgear stuff, like some of like, like feathers sticking out somewhere. Capes. It's just, it's like the dude has this stuff on film. Well, my friend, John, that does the conferences and stuff. He's the one that's doing the um, Bigfoot conference in Georgia. He's working on um, a thing right now and it's somewhere. It's a place close to Myrtle Beach and they it's this town they call that town's monsters I'm sorry I don't remember the name of the town Mm -hmm. but they claim that they're hairy like the Bigfoot but at the same time they're wearing these weird outfits and they've all wore these weird outfits and I'm like yeah but those creatures aren't hairy yeah then they have have to be different entities they've got to be either that or they're just different they look different well, that's, I told him, he's going to be talking to them and they're going to, um, he's taken an artist with them and they're going to draw pictures of them. Mm-hmm. And the thing of it is, is it's not that I don't think that the Bigfoot would wear the clothes because, you know, multiple times they'll still close off clotheslines or whatever. They don't normally yeah. fit. Janice Carter yeah. was one that said that, you know, her grandmother didn't like the fact that Fox the adult male that would frequent their property would walk around and, you know, he was all hanging out, so to speak until her grandfather bought, you know, went to the big and tall shop and bought I think overalls or something. I don't remember what it was. And 
for him to wear, which he didn't like to wear. And he had a shirt at one point, but it was all, it got tattered as he grew. But there was a female there that would steal things off the line. I don't know that she ever wore them, but she would take them. Um, they stole mm-hmm. a ton of baby clothes out of our garage, tons of baby clothes out of our garage. It would never have fit any of the kids, I'm sure. But they, my daughter-in-law had brought them over in these big bags. And I told her when she brought them, I said, you know, the mice are going to get in there and that's going to be the mm-hmm. end of the clothes. And she had said, well, I'll bring over totes and put them in there. But she never did. But they took them out of the garage. And the only reason why I knew it was them was because I found the bag ripped open and shredded out in our woods mm-hmm. and like 99.9% of the clothes were out of it. And what they ever did yep. with them, I don't know. I have no idea. Yep. They could have just... used them to put on the, you know, in their net and the bed or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I literally have no idea. I know one person had um, the one given the one a comforter and a pillow and the one younger one, I think, carried it with her forever. Like, she always had we it. We put blankets out for them, and it was hit and miss when they took them. They did take a few. You would think they would love that. I know. And I think that they do, but I think it, it comes down to, <clears throat> you know, it's funny. They're allowed to take the food and stuff. They're actually not supposed to be doing that. I mean, it depends on how lenient the clan is, whether or not they're even going to let them take the food. But, yeah. um, you know, taking food might be one thing but then taking something like that might be another i think it just comes down to the individual and the clans like i said they took a few of the blankets we didn't have issues but they didn't take all of them i just i can't believe we're dealing with entities that are this powerful and this and intelligent the intelligence level intelligent that have this this these ability i mean how in the world it's just my god I mean, even the little ones have got abilities. And I'm talking about the little pixies that the guy. Oh, they're powerful. Like powerful. This this is, that's what I said in my one podcast with Darren. I said, the world we live in is not what we've been taught. This is a completely supernatural realm. Our God always has been. We were just been told that it wasn't. I mean, everything that we have seen and believed has been a lie. Isn't that sad? I think that is very sad. I think it's so we have been sad. Lied to and we've been manipulated and we put our trust in, and this goes all over the world, not just here, but we, in every country, you put your trust into the government that's there to take care of you. Mm-hmm. Because even though we say we're adults, we want to do our own thing. It, it's still, you know, it's like the government's our mom and we're going to, we want our mom to take care of us. Yeah. And there's always an agenda. And the agenda normally doesn't have anything to do with us. I know. And I think that's all over the world. It's not just here. You know, it's like the president. That's just nothing more than a political face. Because that's exactly what it is. And that's what people buy into all this hatred over who gets voted in. I'm like, this has nothing to do with it. No. And the thing is, is that that's not even, as far as I'm concerned, the true government. I mean, the shadow nope. government is what's pulling all the strings. Exactly. That's all just a front. That's all it is. It's just you know, a front. And I think it's just really sad because I think we all went into this government thing believing that, you know, our government protects us and our government takes care of us. And when mm-hmm. I say that I want to I want to be clear on one thing, I am not referring to our military. 
I know. I have had my daughter, two of my sons, my dad, my son-in-law. I mean, my whole family is built up of military people. Yeah, mine was Whether too. it's Army, yeah. Navy, Air Force. Um, my husband is ex-military. And I want people to realize that I have the utmost respect for them and their sacrifices that they make for our country on a daily basis. I have the utmost respect for their families because I think their families get forgotten as far as how much are sacrificed. Mm -hmm. You know, the military are, you know, obviously our heroes are the ones that are going out and protecting us. But I think it needs to be remembered that while they're out protecting us and sacrificing their life and their time with their family, and putting their lives on the line every day, their families are also making one of the, the biggest sacrifices as well because yeah. they are not having that time with their loved one and they're set home worrying. And mm. I know this because I was that person. And they're worrying and they don't know if they're per that person that they love so much is coming back. And it's a terrifying position. It's not as rough as the person that's out there fighting, obviously. But I just think it's important that we remember that a sacrifice is not only made by the military personnel, but by their families and friends and loved ones as well. Yeah, I know. I know. As long as you they're know. good. You know, I, I, I don't, I can't honestly, you know, there's there's some military people that are some pretty bad people. But for the, well, I understand what you're saying, you know. Yeah. And whole, I, I don't blame our military. Our military does what it's taught and it does what the government tells them to do and it really scares me because um i watched what friends of mine that were military and family members that were military and i'm like how can the way you guys are being treated be considered in your best interest and best for anybody like it's just the breaking down of them mentally and emotionally I, I can't comprehend that. I well, can't they look at them that. like they're just, they're just robots to them. I mean, I don't think our government really cares about the military men. They're just, they're just a tool, a means to an end for them. That's all they are. You yeah, know, you know, I mean, when Matt told me stories, Matt was in the Navy and he said they, they, you know, they pulled out all his, his teeth at one time. They, they kept shot shooting him up with all these immunizations to the point where they basically, like they were, they over immunized him. And he said, and then they kept taking blood. He said it was like every yeah. day they were taking more and more blood. And he was like, dude, like how much blood are you guys going to take? And just like stuff like that, you know, and it's kind of like that kind of stuff just, you know, makes you feel like, boy, they, they really just don't, you know, they just kind of do whatever they yeah. own when they're in there. And, you know, and, and there are some really, there's some really bad people that go into the military too. So some of that stuff, like I do have so much respect for the military and, you know, we need them, but you know, some of the stories that you hear about some of the things that some of the soldiers do that are the bad guys, it's, it's not good either. So I'm always kind of like, yeah, you know, but we just, you know, I, I think they almost need to do a little more, you yeah, know, it's, it's really <laughs> just kind of frightening. And, you know, they, it's a rough situation, like I said, but I don't, when I talk about, you know, unfavorably with the government, I just want people to realize it has nothing to do with their military. Yeah. I'm not speaking badly of them at all, at all, or the sacrifice. You hear about Putin. Did you hear about the forces, the Russian uh, military dudes that were raping women over 60 and hanging them? Oh my God, no. 
I just, you know what? I've heard so much about this and I've talked with Igor about this and he claims that, you know, the problem is our country and the Ukraines and that they're doing this for the right reasons. And I'm not going to speculate because I, as an empath, it's not that I don't care. It's that I care too much. I know. And then when I start listening about it, I get so upset that it takes its toll. And so I try to be fair to both sides, you know, because I think that what we get told is not the actual truth anyway. I know. I know. But he's claiming, you know, that they're doing this because Ukraine has done all these things and that this is necessary. And I, I try to look at his side. I try to look at our side. But at the same time, regardless of whether or not they're doing it for the right reasons or not, you can do something for the, just because you can, doesn't mean you should. And when you get talking about a situation like what you're talking about and they're blowing up, you know, if there's any truth in it and stuff. Yeah. As a very good friend pointed out um, and she's in a journalist and she pointed out that, you know, what we're told via the media is not necessarily the way it is. There's partial truths in there. And I believe that to be true. So I try to not be too judgmental, but if there's any truth in what I've seen, this is horrific. And then, you know, they've gotten into that Chernobyl or whatever they call it, that um, power plant in there. And now they're in there and they've shut down the grid on several things that can be a disaster. That can be a global disaster. I know. Like, I, know. I don't understand if they're trying to do something so good and they're trying to do something right, then what is that? What is going on exactly. with that? And then I hear what, like what you're telling me and I'm thinking, you tell me how that's good. How is that helping? How is that benefiting? Right. There was pictures of what was supposedly. Well, oh, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. I was talking about the soldiers as long as they're good people, you know, right. then I respect the military. But if you get into this, these kind of stories where they're, then they, again, they're being told what to do. Right. Still, you know, and I, it's just really, you know, it's really sad. Um, Go ahead, I just am that? a person that, and I know this isn't anything that's possible, but when you mm-hmm. get to the point where people are dying, you know, which is what war is all about. I mean, realistically, but I yeah. don't understand, you know, when it comes to people dying, how that's considered good in any way. You no, know, because they're mean, not even not targeting the politicians that are the ones they have a problem with. They're targeting the innocent people. Yeah. And so I have a big problem with that. And I know that, you know, at some point in time, you have to take a stand and you fight for, you know, what's right. And I, I get all that. I'm not stupid and I don't live in a fairy tale land, mm-hmm. but it's just heartbreaking to me when any lives are lost. And yeah. whether what I had seen where they had bombed in Ukraine, um, a maternity ward and a children's hospital. I don't know if that's true. That could have been false media. I don't know. I'm not there. I don't know. But mm-hmm. if there's any truth to that, then don't tell me how good anybody is and mm-hmm. how they're doing what's necessary. Because you tell me why killing a mother giving birth and yeah. children is supposed to be to help. And then they call it the spoils of war or the, you know, the, 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 the you I know, just, it's, it's the casualties of war and stuff like that. And I'm like, dude, this is the stuff that, you know, when you honor the militaries that you have and stuff, you got to take into account that there are some really bad people in there. There is horrendous acts to people just because they can. 
yeah. because they have that power. And that's the stuff where, you know, the people that are in charge of, you know, these soldiers need to start really kind of seeing what the soldiers are made of and getting the ones the hell out of there that have that in them. You yeah. know, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's just a some of sad the situation. The whole thing is heartbreaking to me. Um, I listen to what Igor says and I know that he believes what he says and I'm not saying he's wrong. So right. I'm taking it back. Yeah. Um, because I don't know. I wish I had the answers, but just going by what the media says clearly is not the way to go because we don't know the whole story. So, and I always think that too, whenever I'm reading stories about it and you're trying to, like, you hear a lot about Putin being insane. Like he's, he might be losing his mind. He's had, you know, cancer. He might be getting Alzheimer's, like all this stuff. And I'm like, but this is the media telling us this. We don't really know what the full story is, you know, but I'm just, I mean, the nuclear plants and stuff like that. I mean, we got a problem. You know, Years ago, and I don't know the year that it happened, and and it's really irrelevant anyway, but at one point in time, a nuclear weapon was set to go off, and the ET stopped it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that a lot of people know that, that they actually have intervened multiple times. Right. But we're going to get to the point where they're just going to say, if you guys are so stupid, do what you're going to do. Do it, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right now, the amount of UFOs, whether it's coming from the sky, coming from the water and the oceans, whatever, because there's underground UFO bases, right, um, is an all-time high. And I think people are seeing it more and more and more. Certainly, I mean, I've always had UFOs around me, and we've talked about this. My first abduction, I remember, was four. I was age four. And at that time, they told me they had already had me there before. Um, And it's continued through my entire life and some I remember some I don't so I've always had the UFOs come down you know I mean I've been out in my yard on the phone had one land in my yard and then I wake up and it's not even wake up but then next thing you know it's an hour 45 minutes later of our time which is not their time our time so you know something happened yeah and so I've had that happen on multiple occasions but right now it is actually batshit crazy with these damn UFOs now, mm-hmm. I sent you the UFO pictures. Yes, and the video. Yeah. yeah, and that was here, but we have just, it's gotten really to the point. That's up on my Facebook page, too, guys. I don't get on Facebook a lot, but I do have um, the In the Dark uh, Facebook pages up there, and that has the pictures and the video of that. So and that's some really good footage. investigated it. That's a, that's good footage. Yeah, my son-in-law took it from our house here. He was on the front porch when he took it. Mm-hmm. Unbeknownst to me, he turned it into MUFON, um, which awesome. he was well-intended. I would not have done that, but that was, you know, that's okay. Yeah. And they came back and said it was a class one sighting, that it was definitely not terrestrial, meaning the only other option is extraterrestrial. Right. So, right. but we keep getting these white disc they're like a glowing white disc and they come right across the tree line across the street from here and they're just going like hell-bent for election all the way down the road Mm -hmm. pat saw it the first time and when he saw it i was still sick and i was laying in bed and i it was dark out and Mm -hmm. i remember a flash of light coming in through the windows and then he came in and he said did you see that did you see that and i'm like no i just out of the corner of my eye i saw a flash of light of white or light and um, then, like, a week or so later, I saw it. And it's happened quite frequently. Like, it's it's really getting just ridiculous. It's like... 
That's crazy. Oh, it is. And the one time I was out parked at the end of my driveway, uh, Janice Carter and Igor Borstaff were on their way here. It was the first time they had come here and they were lost. And it was right after a hurricane. And so it was very, very dark. And we have a floodlight in the front yard. And our driveway isn't excessively long by any means, but there's a floodlight out front. And that was out due to the hurricane. So there really was no way to see our driveway because it's like a two track back through here. Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and I car to the end of the driveway so that when I saw headlights coming, I would just simply turn the car on and they could see the headlights and know where the house was. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my friend on the phone. It was like after one o'clock in the morning and they were supposed to be there at one and it got to be one thirty, and they still weren't here. So we're talking and I had turned the car off because I didn't want to burn the battery down or run all the gas out of it. And I heard a vacuum cleaner noise and I looked up and there's this huge craft, just massive, massive craft. And it was just barely above the tree lines. And it was like, it was following the road. Oh my God. And it got all the way. Well, no, I was on the phone with her. Janice and Igor weren't here yet. Oh, okay. I thought they got there. Okay. No, they hadn't. I was waiting for them. And so I was talking to my friend and I'm like, you aren't going to believe this. This is what I'm seeing right now. And she's like, take a picture, take a picture. And I'm like, I'm not getting off this phone to take a bloody picture. Let me tell you something. You could be the last human being I talked to. So no. So I'm, and I saw the whole underside of it. It looked like this giant. Were there symbols? Were there, they, they say there's like hieroglyph looking symbols on the crafts. There was when um, I was abducted when I was four, there were where where they took me. All around this arc doorway, there were the hieroglyphs. That's, um, that's fascinating. Yeah. And, and the one that I saw that night, though, I was directly under it. And it was all these rectangular panels. And in each panel, it looked like honeycomb symbols through the whole underside of it. And it was very bizarre. Very bizarre. And, and they say they're around us all the time and they're, they're cloaked. Well, this one it- did because I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I was concerned because like the tip of it was above the car. I wasn't under directly under it, but I was under it and I could see all these panels and everything. And they didn't look, nothing looked like it had a screw or was welded together. It just looked like one big piece, but it was all these rectangular shapes with these honeycomb patterns in it. And I thought, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And so I didn't know what to do. So I turned the car lights on and started the car. When I did, that sucker cloaked in a heartbeat. And you never saw it leave. You never saw it go anywhere. It cloaked. I mean, like in the blink of an eye, it wasn't there. Right, right. And the thing that when I could see it that I was looking, I was trying to look at it to study it as much as I possibly could. You know, so I would know what I was seeing. The thing mm-hmm. I noticed was you never saw any way that it was kept afloat. Hmm. You never saw like a chemtrail. You never saw even what would be like, yeah. you know, if, if you see gas or whatever, and it looks like yeah. it's wavy, but you can see through yeah. it. Yeah. Nothing. You never saw anything. It was just there. The technology is just insane. Mm-hmm. Like how do these beings, how are they doing this stuff? They are just like, so far ahead of us. It's, it's I mean, well, crazy. either that or they're just supernatural. Like, like you know, it, yeah. I mean, I still, I still feel that they're part fallen. Like they're they're part of the angel realm. I I still feel like they. I know what I heard God say to me, and He told me that this is, 
you know, that they had, there's a link between them and the, and the fallen angels or the watchers. It wasn't the fallen angels. It was the watchers. It was the ones that came after the fallen angels. And, yeah. um, and that's what I, that's what I got from him. Now I could be wrong. I mean, I'm not an expert and I'm not, I'm definitely yeah, not. I don't know. Like I said, I know I have a couple of friends, fallen angels as well, but then that doesn't explain the good ones because there are some that are actually really good. But like you say, there, everything has the ability to choose right or wrong. Everything yeah. has free will. I mean, look at these creations that God created that were supposed to be good that turned bad. So right. if something created by the watchers and the watchers were good, they, the only problem with the watchers was that they wanted something for themselves. They wanted to have a wife and a family and stuff. They really didn't do anything that was so horrible. But then what happened was when they fell in love with human women, they started doing things that, that what happened was they revealed secrets from heaven that they weren't supposed to tell mankind. And they yeah. did that. Because the women were bargaining with them. They said that they would marry them if they told them this, if they told them that, if they yeah. told them secrets. So they, they became so enamored with the women and that was their downfall. But they weren't, it wasn't that they were bad. They just, you know, they just, they wanted something for themselves other than to, in a sense, be a, to God, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I, I just feel that, you know, they created, you know, beings that, you know, for whatever reason, and I'm not even saying that they created it because it's a bad thing. I, I don't really know why, but, you know, I'm not, I mean, I just don't know. It's, it's such a, you know, like, like you said, like we're, we're just, you know, we're so in the dark with this stuff and it's. Yeah. And the more we think we know, the less we actually do. Yeah, exactly. We have our theories and we, that's what I said when we were talking earlier that, you know, you have two people that come away from an experience with completely different thoughts. And what I go on is it's a feeling and it's like, it's like in the center of my core, that's where my empath side is. And my feeling is it's something I feel inside. It's not, I don't judge things with my mind. I do it with my core. Yeah. There's a yeah. feeling and that's how yeah, I go. I, I do the same I, thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, and I'm now I hear God, I hear him say stuff to me, you know, but I'm trying to figure out how it all fits because it's not like he, he doesn't just lay out the whole plan or the oh, whole, no. No. you know, the whole diagram of what, and he just kind of tells but you I, things, you know. My and then theory is I don't think we're supposed to know it all. We are. I really I don't. I think I that we are so much damaged to ourselves as it is. Yeah. That my feeling is that if we did know it all, we'd just destroy more, whether it's oh, us yeah. or them or whatever. And I well, think that's, that's why he didn't want it. us to know the secret. That's why God had, like a lot of people would say, you know, well, why wouldn't God want us to know about makeup and abortions and warfare and weaponry and astrology and all this stuff that they revealed to the human race? It was because he knew that we would do nothing but create destruction from it. Mm -hmm. So the more you give us, the more power we have, the more destructive it seems to be. 
you know, he knows our nature, just like the killing, like we were talking about hunting and stuff and not to offend people because I don't want to do that. But it's like anytime you give a human any kind of a, a right over something else, we were supposed to be the overseers and the caretakers of the world of the of nature. And, you know, it's just it's just every turn you get with a human being. It's nothing but not nothing, but there's a lot of good in human beings, too. But yeah, there's yeah. just so much corruption and so much evil that comes out of mankind oh, that yeah. it's mind boggling. And, and it's hard to believe that God, and I just, you know, I joke with God. Sometimes I said, you need to stop creating because everything you create seems like it turns on you, yeah. you know, not everything, but a lot of stuff is going wrong here, Lord, you know? Yeah. So I just kind of joke around about it, but I mean, I'm serious. It's like, this is just, I, I don't know, I mean, but I do believe that, you know, like you said, I think there's good and bad in everything. Yeah. So I just, I yeah. don't know. It's, it's enough to drive you up a wall trying to think about it. It's, it's so big, you know, it's so, it's so, you know, it's just so epic. Like the whole thought of everything that's going on and trying to wrap your mind around it. It's, it's just, it's just mind bending and it's hard to think about it too much because yeah. you feel like you go out of your mind. You know, so no, that's why we do terrible. <laughs> we do these podcasts so we can pass along all of our torture and the way we think onto somebody else. Yeah, exactly. And they're we probably laughing at it. Sure, you know, but. we want to see it from our point of view, not just your own. And then you can sit around with your torturous thoughts and wonderings and trying to figure out something you'll never ever have the answers for. Yep. <laughs> But yeah, it's definitely been a wild ride, and it seems to be picking up gear. You know, I never know what we're going to see here next. It, it really is like that I know. there. I mean, I have you speed and- dial in case you know you have something that happens next. Yeah, that's about it too. <laughs> it, it literally goes all over the map. Mm-hmm. I know. You know, I don't know what's going to walk through the yard next. I, you know, it's like, <sighs> I got a picture of lizard man. How many people get a picture of lizard man? That's amazing. And I have it. He's from the sh- uh, the chest up. He's standing back in the bushes. Never mm-hmm. in my wildest imagination did I think that was going to happen. And now, it, is that a reptilian or is that different than a lizard man? I, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I think they look like the same, but yeah, you know, I just don't know. I, <sighs> I don't think there's any way to know. This is just, it's crazy, Robin. I just, I can't even, there are days I just have to shut my mind off because I'm like, I can't even think about this right well, now. Well, like, Pat I and I were watching a show last night and it was talking about the reptoids, you know, mm-hmm. and people are encountering them out in the woods, like literally yeah. encountering them out in the woods. They are out, you know, walking through the woods thinking everything is fine and there's this reptoid there. Yeah. You know, and I think that has a lot to do with a lot of the missing people. I think, you know, the foots obviously are involved to some degree and so are the dogmen. And there's a lot of other things, you know, that are out there that people don't even realize. And I think that that has a lot to do with it. But at the same time, we can't ignore the fact that those things are out there and not everything is done by the Bigfoot. Not everything is done by the dogmen. Quite honestly, those are two of the lesser things that you can see out there that could do harm to well, you. Well, they're the bears of the community. They're the ones, you know how bears get blamed for everything that goes yep. wrong in the woods? The Bigfoot and the Dogman in the cryptid world, or it's always a Bigfoot or a Dogman that must have done it. 
yeah. you know, and there's, there's like multitudes of other, of entities out there and they never even think about that stuff because yeah. it's not something people really focus on talking about, exactly. you know, but I mean, I think a lot of the stuff too is people are walking through portals, don't you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, <clears throat> there's portals out there and you don't know they're there until you've gone into them. You know, a friend of mine had gone with a friend to a native American powwow and there was one and they didn't know it. She put her hand in it, and I guess her hand has completely disappeared. And she pulled it back, and her hand was there again. Oh, my God. You know, so you just don't know what's out there, for heaven's sakes. I mean, it's a crazy world. We don't have any clue, really, Yeah. what all's out there. I know. You know, I get asked a lot. People ask me, you know, do I think Bigfoot took this one or this one or this one? And I'm like, that's a lot of the things you got to worry about. Do I think they take some? Yes. I know for a fact they take some. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure sure the bad ones do. It doesn't mean that they're doing all of it. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. Well, lady. (sighs) Yeah. It was good talking to you again. I think we should wrap this up so the listeners don't have a four hour long. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we go and go and go, but we will do it again as always. Yes. In the meantime, you and I can maybe get together and talk tomorrow. Just you and I. Yeah. I would love that. Cause I do want to ask you some things. I yeah. said, I want yeah, to talk. We got stuff to talk about and yeah. we got plans to make dear. No, I know. I know. I know. So I'm excited. I am too. If I can just live through it. Yeah. I'm just trying to breathe here and not have allergy attacks, but yeah. You know, so all right okay. well it was wonderful and i will see everybody or talk to everybody again and i will definitely be talking to you okay sounds good thanks for coming right. on yeah thanks bye 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 okay everyone that is a wrap i want to thank robin for coming back on the show she is one of my regulars that i love to have one and will continue to do so um, we are never at a loss for new encounters that we deal with I do want to have a little, put a little disclaimer in here. As I was talking about the, um, the watchers that fell, I just want to make it clear that I don't think that they were good necessarily. I just feel that, you know, I never really looked at them like they were, had the evil intent that Satan and his crew did, but you know, they still went against God and they still disobeyed him. And I, you know, in God's opinion, they were, bad enough to throw out of heaven and, you know, chain underneath the earth. So I just want people to know that, you know, sometimes you say things as you're talking and it doesn't quite come out right. So it, it, uh, you know, I just excuse that way of thinking there. I I didn't mean to, to come off like, you know, they were these innocent angels and (laughs) they didn't do any wrong and they just wanted to have a nice life and that type of stuff. They were still very disobedient. They lived in God's realm and, you know, they knew what their job was and it's a sad situation. And, you know, you can kind of look at the human side of it, us as humans, when you, when you, you know, you look at what happened to them, it's kind of like, you know, you, you feel like your heart softens a bit for them, but I mean, they destroyed this earth. I mean, between Satan and, and what the watchers taught mankind, I mean, it's just everything has just been an upheaval and destruction since. So I, I, I do want to put that in there. You guys have a wonderful night or day wherever you are in the world. God bless you all. Stay safe. Say your prayers. 
and I will be talking to you when I do. Take care, everybody.